This podcast is brought to you by Chateau Lebert, and that is C-H-A-T-E-A-U-L-E-B-E-R-T-C-O-F-F-E-E. Again, this podcast is brought to you by Chateau Lebert. You can find them on Facebook for all your needs. Welcome back, Link Up Podcast. We're here with Josh and Raul. Hey, hey. Josh, you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Yes, I am Josh. You just introduced me. Josh, uh, personal trainer, Josh Strong Fitness, and ready to rock and roll. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what's your story? Like, how'd uh, you get into personal fitness? Well, it's, it's been a long story for me, really. Um, it wasn't something I always thought I was going to do. I was a, I was a chubby kid uh, growing up. People didn't really know that about me. I was jelly belly, and deep down inside, it would bother me to death. And then yeah. um, my ex-wife... Um, we, she had a dream of opening up a physical therapy, personal training place. And I was just going to help with the marketing. Yeah. And then I just started seeing people come in there and they were hurt. And I was like, start, remember like, man, I don't remember how bad I felt when I was, you know, heavier and, and I wanted somebody to reach out to me and we were doing the personal training. It wasn't really just going off. I was like, well, I'm just going to get my license then yeah. and just see what I can do with it. Uh, got into it. I've always been into training and fitness because it, I knew it made me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things I was doing wrong, which I learned as I was going, uh, going with it. And then I uh, just started rolling with it, man, and really just it just kind of took off because, man, you can sorry to snap like that, but you can t- no, you, you're fine. you can see the uh, passion when I do it with these clients and how much it, I see their life changing. So from that point forward, man, I haven't looked back. Really, it's awesome. It's yeah. really not about fitness to me, though. It's more about uh, I always tell people it's not about the weight you lose; it's the smile you gain. Ah, that's a good way of looking at it. Nice. It's great, you know, and a lot of people aren't even certified that you see doing this kind of stuff, you know, and you, you're certified, so that's 100% legit right there. That means you've already taken the extra work, you've already done the extra work to get certifications that most of these guys don't do, or people don't do, that is some fucking dude at ATC that you meet, and, hey, I can train you, or, you know, run on the treadmill for five minutes, and do this, and do that, and, you know, what, what's that What's that shit, you know? Yeah. Well, I also tell you, too, like, you know, when I, when I used to interview trainers all the time, they would tell me, like, you know, the big, oh, I'm not all these certifications, and I'm gonna be like, well, tell me your happiest moment. Mm. Like, I, you have to have a certification. I don't want you having like an online certification that you know that doesn't mean you know hill of beans, right? You know, or at least have you know have one and be first in CPR certified. But tell me about how passionate you are about it. Yeah. Tell me about like because you can read workouts and nutrition plans anywhere. How you gonna get people that are sad over that hump or how people that are you know not motivated? So you have to have more than just that. You have to have that. You had to go the extra mile and you had to really, but you really had to have a deep down connection, connection with that person. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that because they get, you know, they get aggravated and they're like, I don't give my clients my phone number. I mean, sometimes I wish I didn't because yeah. my phone goes off so much, but I'm so glad I do so I because I can help them, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a big deal, more, even more so than just certification. You don't want to like Billy Joe doing it and telling you to do like five minutes on the, you know, the yeah, go exactly. treadmill. But there's a, there's a mixture of both. I think I, I look at that certification, but more I look at, you know, like, where's your heart at? Mm. Can I move this just for like? Yeah, it took. Oh, okay. So that way, if the people are into it, I mean, if the trainer's into it, that means you're probably going to get better results. You know, instead of some do this program, I'll talk to you next week, see where you are, kind of thing. You know, like, right. And that's what's up. So, who was your first client on the new, um, you know, your new company you started? What oh, is it called? And wow. Uh, yeah. So I started doing, uh, so when I left uh, the other business I had, I started online training. It was Josh Strong Fitness. I had a, a lot of people coming up to me asking me, do I do one, like open up at a gym or going somewhere? And then my very first client, his name is Preston Carpenter. Yeah, Preston Carpenter. Yeah, I make sure I didn't say the wrong name. Yeah. And he's still with me now. Awesome. First online training client uh, with okay. me, and he reached out to me. And really, I forgot about it. At first, I was in such a sad spot at the time because I was recently going through that divorce, and I was just crushed. And um, he said, hey, man, did you forget about me? And 
I reached back out to him. We we met up, and he's been my client ever since. So he's my first one. He was a little older than than more of my clients, but he's done so good and been been touched more now. He's a, a friend. I reach out to him. We still have coffee every you know every so often, and just talk about life and stuff. And that's the way I like it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I have seen a bunch of your um, success stories, your client success stories on Facebook, like Haley's. Uh, she's lost a bunch of weight. Oh, I didn't know she was one of your clients. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Uh, Billy. Billy Cook, man. Billy Cook that doesn't leave the house. Man. Billy Cook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks, I mean, he looks like a different person. Yeah. Like he totally. lost his hair. <laughs> he lost his iPhone. I mean, everything works in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, our boy Nick. Nick's, yeah. Nick's one of your clients now. He right. was, I saw him at the Shelby Farms today when I was walking. Um, He's all looking, his little pecs are bouncing and stuff, running. I was like, where's your shirt at, man? You can get skin cancer out of here. Put your, put your shirt on. Hey, man, he just started. He's about to be there. You better watch out. Oh, man. hurt you. He told me, uh, he told me straight up. He was like, man, you know, he told me this the other day. He's like, you know, um, I turned 40 in two months. Um, you know, uh, I'm going through a bunch of shit that everyone knows about that, you know, has listened or he's told people and he's just ready to start brand new and be a new man and 40 years old is going to be fucking ripped because of you and I mean, he's looking pretty jacked, man. He's gonna be, he's gonna be so much better. You know what? And like his story, um, and we we, we went through the same stuff, the same similar time. And, I, and it, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I'm old book all the way through. Yeah. But I want to help him so much, just because I know what he's been through. You know, he's been through the divorce. He's he's had some lifestyle. You know, life changes. It's it really been up and down. And you know, I'm not gonna go too far into it now because these are private conversations. But that makes me want it for him that much more. Like if he succeeds, I succeed. If he fails, I fail. Right. And so when you when you put that into it like that. Because again, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get ripped if he follows a plan. He's gonna get ripped. I'm gonna do everything I can for him. But but his confidence, his happiness, that's what I want to see. Yeah, and you know he's definitely you know he's one of my best friends. So so you know he's he, you can tell like he's sad sometimes still, man. Like you know he's thinking about it and but like you know I always just tell him I was like man talk to Josh. You know he he's literally going through exactly what you he's gone through exactly what you're going through. So that's that's gonna be your best ally right there. Is you know he's been through it all already, man. So. And it's not going to be a switch one day. It's, oh, you're better now, you know, so, or you're over it. It's going to take your time, man. And then it's, well, you know, that's, that's the hard thing about going through that. You know, like, you know, you can watch a million motivational videos. Mm-hmm. It didn't get you out of bed, yeah. but it can get you throughout the day. Yeah. And it can get you started, but it won't get you finished. And, um, and I try to be real with everybody. Like, you know, I can tell you some words, but you, it's all about how you handle it. For me, man, I was up and down. When I would see you guys out, I was embarrassed in some way. I mean, I drank more than I ever had my whole life last year, just trying to escape life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I'm not, and I'm not dog and drink because, you know, I yeah. love to have a good time, but it wasn't, it wasn't for fun. Yeah. It was more for me. Like I just can't seem to, I don't want, I didn't want to get out of bed. I stayed at two different friends' houses and sometimes I had to get in the room like, man, you gonna get out of bed and do something. You know, like I, and I was like, man, I'm being such a fraud because I can't. And it, but what kept me going though, it's helping someone else. Talking yeah. to someone, maybe like Nick or a client, or something that that would give me, or even a, sometimes just a phone call. You know that I didn't even pick up because sometimes I wouldn't even pick up the phone calls. Yeah, you right. know. So those things, each I say, just take it day by day and try to make the next day just maybe a half a percent better than the day before, and eventually you, you know you'll come out. Because I mean, me and him both talked about it. I mean, I still have trouble about some of the stuff as well, but. You know, I've got to, I can't lay on my butt forever and just feel sorry for myself and play the victim, which I, I definitely started doing. Yeah. Now, how big of a role did working out have to do with you coming out of that funk? You know what? I, you know, everybody's going to me say, like, man, working out changed my life. Yeah. Right? Um, but since it was, um, I had a business with Max's wife that was a personal training and group fitness yeah. place. It, it, um, it may have helped. And I know it helps a lot of people. But for me, 
Um, it felt like a job, and it kind of reminded me what I was. It didn't take much for me to snap in a sad place. Mm-hmm. It reminded me when I was going. I was like, man, I feel like going is more like a job right now. Um, I say, and I'm different. Yeah, you know, and I say everybody's different. That's why I say there's not a there's not a cookie cutter. Like, I needed to be around friends. I couldn't be alone. I couldn't be in my head. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be around people, and that helped me the most. Like y'all, if y'all saw me the V three fights. Yeah, and I was smiling. That's the time I forgot about it. And I was just having a good time. Yeah. If you saw me out, I forgot about it. I was mm-hmm. having a good time. But if I was in the gym by myself. Or if you see me running a yeah. lot, you know if I'm running a lot, y'all need to check on me. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I mean, runs fine, but so I mean, it, it helped and it helps more now. But going through it, it was just it was just something I didn't I had to keep doing to keep my sanity. But it wasn't like for a lot of people you hear a lot of people I've trained that that was the thing that helped them. Like uh, I read a book called School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. I don't know if you ever read that. And he says his clients he has workout for I think three months before they even start going with him because he knows how much that would change your life. And every time I've done it and I'm in shape, my job gets better, personal life gets better, things seem to fall into place. But during that time, that wasn't really what was going to get me. I just needed to be around uh, friends that cared about me and like real friends because you find out who they really are. Yeah. You know? Um, what are some of your goals with your new company that you're trying to do? Man, I want to impact as many people as possible. Um, and it's not, and I, I keep saying this, it's not just about fitness to me. Uh, I want to make people happy. Yeah. I want to know, like I was at a restaurant last night and I was like, I saw somebody sitting by themselves and they might've loved sitting by themselves. Mm-hmm. I literally feel it deep down. So like, man, what if they need a friend? You know, like what if they're struggling yeah. in silence? So um, and it might not be just fitness. I wouldn't mind going more on the, like uh, helping people overcome obstacles side of things. You know, fitness is a part of that, which is definitely play a role. But I want to be able to speak to people. I want to be able to touch lies. And really, an end game for mine, this is something that people uh, always, you know, either get shocked or teary at one or the other. I really would love to open up an older folks' home. I was raised with my grandparents. Yeah. An older folks' home. And, you know, and my parents, my grandparents play a big role in my life. But an older folks' home where um, people, they don't have to be low income or don't have to be sick, but they can come if they're lonely and just, we'll take care of it. They can play checkers. They can dance. They can do whatever. Yeah. Just have Companionship. A good yeah, just because I feel like they forget, forget forgotten a lot, and I yeah. don't want. And they're and they're lonely, and they've taken care of us to where we are. We do a lot for kids, which I'm not saying we shouldn't, mm-hmm. but we forget about them, and it upsets me because I think about my grandparents all the time. Like I don't ever want them to feel like they're not appreciated in life. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's the you know, and that would be the end game with that. But just really, man, just I want to be. And I want to be the best at it. Yeah. I'm going to always strive. I'm always going to have a chip on my shoulder. I'm always going to try to be better than I was day before. I'm going to be better than somebody else. Not because I want them to be bad. Because mm-hmm. I want everybody to be good and enjoy their life. I just want to be the best. So I'm going to constantly learn, constantly do better. And I'm going to constantly, I, will, I don't mind working 24 and a half hours, a 24 hour day, if it means I'm helping you. Yeah. You know? I know that they say it like a, what you're saying about older people is true, that most of them are just the forgotten people. Like you get to a certain age and then they just put people, sometimes people put their family in a home or they're at home by themselves and they have nobody to, and that's going to be so lonely, you know, like, and I'm sure that, uh, contributes to early death too, is, you know, the sadness. Cause they usually say like when somebody retires or somebody's family member dies, like their spouse dies, they generally are not too far behind. Cause it's just like, they're just, I guess they have nothing else to look forward to. Right. You know, and, 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 you know, think about this. Um, I think about the time like um, the and this is it sucks to me when I is he on the DNR list at the hospital an older guy yeah you know like man try to say that, unless he doesn't want to survive for some reason like try to say this man's life he's got a family like you know and it's always like it's always about our kids it's our future and I'm not saying it's not mm-hmm. but how do we how do we get a future to start off with yeah because of our grandparents our great grandparents yeah. our ancestors and then you just throw them to the side 
you know, and I'm not saying we all do that, but I think about that an awful lot, uh, just because I feel like people don't enough, yeah. you know, and, well, um, and they, and they, I mean, everybody usually has grandparents that say like, man, they really took, take, take care of me an awful lot. And they're so selfless. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But I could talk about my granddad for four hours straight and then yeah. stop, you know, <laughs> cause that man meant that much to me. Yeah. Well, it's like really bad, especially in this country, about the grandparents is getting shipped off to a home because like the kids don't want to take care of them and stuff like. But like where I come from, like India and stuff like that, you know, you're soon. I mean, my parents are old. You know, they live by themselves, but you know, I go there all the time to see them and stuff. You know, well, not right now because I just hang out in the garage and I mean, I'm in my car and my parents are in the garage and I'm talking to them because social distancing. But like, I could never put. I would never put my parents in a home, but I. I don't know if the right thing to say is American way of thinking is home, but like it's so common that, you know, you're and but you know, like in China and Japan and like stuff like that, I'm sure there are homes like that and people do desert their, their uh, parents at a certain age. But like over there, they live with them till they die. Like their parents live, I mean, either they live with their parents till they die or the, the kids live with the parents till the parents die or something like that. And like it's just, I just, I would never, you know, me and my brothers, that's not going to happen, you know, like, and, but then there's, because, you know, first of all, that stuff's not cheap usually. And if you're going to willing to do that, why don't you just build your parents like a little, like a pool house or something in the back of your house, you know, like, or aunt in-law suite or where it's called. Yeah. Do something like that because you're going to save the money at the long run doing that. I mean, I don't understand why, you know, I guess you're, you're, you need your space and your freedom and stuff like that. But those are your fucking parents. They taught you how to use a spoon, motherfucker. Right. Well, you know, like, you, now you go get me preaching. I better watch out. So <laughs> think about it. It's selfish in a way, you know, and it's no different with kids. What do we do with kids? We give them Adderall and give them a movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, but with parents, but we had to take care of them because, you know, they say, these are our future. They're going to take care of us one day. Well, no, they ain't. Cause you're going to be old. And they're going to push you off the side too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so quit saying that, you know, so if your parents are sick, Take care of them. Your grandparents are sick. Take care of them. Be with them the whole entire time because they took care of you. You're right. They were the one taught you how to eat, sleep, drink, work. You wouldn't be where you're at now. But instead, and again, I'm, I don't want to get beat up on this. Instead, you're, you're, you're worried about just, you know, the younger generation all the time. But if you treat them, if they treat you the way you treat the older generation now, they're just going to push you off just like you are everybody else. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's just, it's just, because it, it's inconvenient sometimes, like you said, to, to, to be able to take care of them. But, you know, it's just something that's really passionate to me. I, I've realized through all of this, two years ago when that when that happened, when I found out I was not going to be with my wife anymore, like just a revelation happened to me. Like I realized I was, it's an oxymoron. I was a a tough, passionate, emotional guy. Like you know, like I will fight for anything, but I am such an empath. Like I I, I love everybody so much. I would try to hide that because I didn't mm-hmm. want to seem like a sissy or seem right. Like, you know, like and that's the mask of masculinity. Like yeah. I want to be like considered a tough guy because my real dad told me like I was going to be. I can say whatever I want to say, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, he's like, you're going to be a pussy because you're raised by your mom. And he was an alcoholic, hung me upside down from all this stuff and beat me. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm going to prove to him I'm not going to be one. Yeah. You know, so right. I would hide it. But then after that happens, like, I don't really care. Like, I can't stop myself now. Like, so, and then it became I, that switch. Like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. What, uh, so when I first met you, you were a police officer. Oh, yeah. I locked you up one time, didn't I? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, True shall set you free. Uh, so how did that journey start? My granddad. Okay. Um, so I couldn't, when I went to, uh, I'm the dumbest person to ever graduate college. I'm going to throw that out there for the world to know. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I'm not going to say my friend's name because he's, he's really good in a school system. But uh, one of my friends had to write my papers in college and in high school and I wouldn't have graduated without his help. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nick Hallmeyer. 
If Nick could only write. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but no, um, man, I couldn't get a job when I, I worked two or three jobs. I've always been a worker. Mm-hmm. I've always been the hardest, you know, and everybody will say I'm the hardest worker in the room. And they may be. Well, yeah. let's, let's go at it. You know, because I always, I would have worked two or three jobs throughout college. Same thing. I bought my first car like that. I just, that's just the way I've always been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I couldn't get a job when I graduated. Um, I actually worked at, uh, do y'all remember Circuit City? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I got my first taste of commission. Okay, and I loved it. And I and then it stopped giving me commission. Or I got it for about eight months. Like, well, I'm not gonna go back to go. You know, making seven dollars an hour. Yeah. yeah. And then um, my granddad was a police officer, and I worshipped the ground he walked. I go, you know what? While I'm when after I graduate, I'm just gonna see if I can. You know, I'll just if I don't have a job by the time they accept me. You know, I'll, I'll I'll go and give it a shot. Well, you know what? They call me like back within like thirty days. Hey, you ready to start the academy? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. And then that's how it started. Um, and then. It was about him, and then it was like, well, I want to make a difference while I'm here again. Like, if I want to be, a, if I'm be a street sweeper, I want to have the cleanest streets in the neighborhood. So I want to be the best at that, and so I pushed myself to be the absolute best. But I'm, that wore on me really bad because I want to be liked so much. Mm. I remember right before I wrote my resignation letter, somebody spit in my face and put a camera in front of it, and I'm like, oh my god, like this is what I was coming to now. Yeah, you know, when you're trying to do, I got shot at at an apartment complex, and people were screaming at me, like I'm glad you got shot. I wish they would have killed you. I'm like. My goodness, like I'm just trying to help you guys. Like, yeah. what is going on? So it would eat at me. And then I got letters to my house. It got to a point to where it's like, okay, I, it, it, it was doing more harm. I was definitely getting PTSD. And I wouldn't admit it then either. I was like, cause I thought only, you know, only sissy's got PTSD yeah, in my head. Right. Or I didn't say, I didn't think that about them, but I thought that about myself. And I was still trying to hold that, that image. Cause I remember I was driving down the neighborhood in Bartlett and a guy was a mail, mailman, uh, not mailman, newspaper guy was throwing papers out. Well, he was following me. I was like, I'm making a couple of different turns. My butt pulled over in the cove, put a gun to his head, thinking he was trying to, like, is he trying to follow me home? Uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'd already called the police, like, hey, where, hey, I got somebody. He goes, man, I, I thought you were circling there, but I was like, you were following me. But that's how paranoid I started getting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, if I turn to this, I need to stop. And so I had to, I, I wrote it, and people were so shocked when I left. But that's how I became one. And my granddad, my granddad pinned my badge on me, and it was really, it really hurt me a lot. Oh, when I left, cause I knew it would hurt him. Yeah, and uh, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell him how bad I was affected by it, cause I didn't want him to think different of me either. And he yeah. wouldn't have. I only know why I say that he wouldn't have, but it was just me trying to hold back and, and tell the real reason. I was just like, well, I just want, I think I can do something better. But really, it was just because I was just eating up in the head and I couldn't sleep at night. Um, so what what are areas did you work? Man, I I, mean, I worked over here a little bit. Uh, I worked East Precinct, uh, Hickory Hill North. Uh, I did OCU a few years while I was there, and then I worked downtown EDU. Um, probably the maj- I did about three years East Precinct and Hickory Hill because the Hickory Hill Precinct just opened up. Not we'll say it's, I'm old now, so it was probably about ten years ago, I guess now. Yeah. Um, and then I worked OCU for about uh, two or three years. And then I, when probably you might have met me was I was working downtown EDU, yeah. which yeah. that was like cakewalk compared to all those stuff. I was like, man, this is easy. Just take pictures of people. Like I can do this. And then, of course, there was the drunk guys, but yeah, they didn't bother me. Like as long as they weren't fighting, as long as I can get them in a cab. Like, have a good time. Be careful. Let's not mess it. You know, let's, let's just make sure we keep this, you know, not violent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my buddy that is posted up on Beal. He's on part of the EDU and uh, currently. And um, he, man, he's like, man, I literally sit in front of a tin roof. I chill. When they, when there's call, when it starts getting busier, we, you know, we just get out of our car and stand in front of our car. And then every now and then we get a call. We'll go. But outside of that, I just usually chill in front of the roof. And you, and you can there until yeah. some. But you know what's crazy is like, there's been quite a few people that have gotten killed over there, you know, in that area. Uh, one of my classmates, Timothy Warren, 
He was killed in um, the hotel right across from the uh, Memphis Redbirds. Really? Um, and that hurt me. That was probably the... I've seen a lot of deaths, you know, like through that job. Yeah. And a lot of it never really affected me too much. Um, and, I, and I called in that day because I was, I was like, man, I'm just going gonna, gonna to spend time and watch a fireworks. I never do this. Yeah. And not being there. You know, you always like, well, what have I been there to have been different? You had him and then you had another officer that got run over by a car right there. Uh, so, and it's weird. It's like that, but it pop, when it pops off, it pops off. Yeah. Wow. So, how long were you a police officer for? Man, don't give me try to do numbers. I didn't, where's Nick at so he can do math? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, I started in 2003. Um, I left, I believe it was 2011. And then um, when I left, I mean, I left quick. And then I sold cars with my buddy Phil Hadcock at Honda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that. I was like, well, I'm going to see what I can do. I had a year to decide if I want to come back or not. And then I got a job at the Grizzlies, which was really like my dream job at the time. And I worked then. Me and my ex-wife wrote a business plan. And within a couple of years of that, we opened up a business. And I was like, oh, wow. I think, I'm telling you, the dome starts never graduate college. Yeah. I thought I'd be lucky being a gas station manager growing up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm running a business. Now, it could easily, we almost failed. And I, that's another, I do want to touch on that, like how easy it is to get in your hold and self-sabotage yourself. And I'll, we almost didn't make it. And it was just wearing me out. But to come from where I thought I was going to be to where I was, and not that I'm special. Yeah. But I just never, I thought people that had any business, I didn't care what the business was. It could have been like paper shredder, like, oh my God, you're so rich. You know, but I thought gas station manager made fun of me one day about my check size when we're going to show these in high school. Mike, he goes, you'll be, and I made, of course, my smart mouth made a joke to him. And he said, you'll be lucky if you work my job. And I walked out there and go, he's right. I would be lucky. Yeah. And so it, it took, there was about a, a four or five year period where I was trying to find myself. Of what I was actually going to do and what my because I didn't know what my passion was. Yeah, it was really hard for me to find out what I really was going to be passionate about until man I saw until I got in the training man and I just saw the happiness on people's face and they uh, and I'm not going to tear up on this podcast by no means but it just it means that much to me to see just a a wife tell me how much she be, how bitter she feels how she feels pretty good in front of her husband yeah you know those things are. Man, you can't buy that. Yeah. You know, and so I, I realized then, like, this is what I was supposed to do. This is why God kept me around and put me on earth. And this is why I'm here today. Instead of doing other things, I could have easily fell the other side at yeah. some point in my career. You know, it's great that you were able to do your passion because a lot of people have jobs that, and they want to do something else, but they just don't know how to take that leap to do that. So they'll work in a cubicle or whatever, you know, eight, nine to five every day, but they want to be like an artist or whatever it is, you know? And so many people are afraid to do something like what you did. Cause I thought it probably took you a lot of balls to write your resignation letter. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like that's alone. not an easy thing, you know, like it's something that your granddaddy did. And so you wanted to do it. And then, you know, whatever happened from then, but a lot of people miss that opportunity and never take that step. So they've always been the gas station manager instead of like the trucker that they wanted to be or whatever it is, you know, like it just, it sucks that people never take the opportunity. Well, it's scary, man. It's, um, and it's really like, cause a lot of people have to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody's career. I just want you to be passionate about it. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Like if I want to pick up cat poop right now and I, and that's really what I'm passionate about. Let's, let's pick up some cat poop. Like let's, let's go. But it's hard to make that when you're living paycheck to paycheck or it's leaving out of your comfort zone. Because I was a king of comfort. I mean, I got the same haircut since kindergarten. I mean, I, I know comfort, you know. So, um, but, you know, you just have to take that leap. You have to know what makes you happy. And, and it, it, it really has to be like this. And probably everybody's heard it. But you, what could you do and not get paid and still do it? Yeah. For me, it's, it's 
fitness, it's making an impact, and it's I could talk about sports all day long. You know, yeah. like those three things. Like I, I was like, I gotta find something. And I love like finance stuff and all. But those are the three things that I was like, I gotta find something with this somehow. And then uh, when I was able to mix up fitness and making an impact, that was that was huge to me. But it's just going out and doing it. You've got to, and uh, when I left the Grizzlies and when I've uh, opened up the business, people were like, man, you know, 90-something percent of businesses failed in the first two years. Why are you leaving? Like, why don't you just let her do it? I was like, man, how am I going to get people to say trust my business if I don't trust myself? Yeah. I'm jumping head first in this water, and I'm going. Yeah. And you probably remember me. I mean, I used to, I was working so hard. I was working more than I thought hours in a day. I, I literally remember being so exhausted. People don't realize, like, it's tough. People are like, well, you know, I just want to open my own business so I can do my own thing, you know? People don't realize that, man. Like, well, Nick does because he does. He just makes everyone else do the work for him at the places he owns. <laughs> Lucky dog. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I know. Maybe I'm not Nick. But uh, no, but like, you know, um, like my parents own the store I used to work at before I started working for the beer company. Right. I mean, before I dropped the FedEx truck and then the beer company now, right? They've had it since they've lived in America. So, and what people only see is the money that's coming in, you know, or money that's not coming in. And all the, you know, the employees were great. So we never have a problem there. You know, they, but like nobody sees that my parents were getting up at five to be at work at six and then only leaving at six at night and then going home and then, you know, sending me to Sam's after I got off or sending me to Sam's in the morning or whatever it was. But like there's all those extra hours because your, your business may be open for 10 or 12 hours a day, but there's more work you have to do after accounting Quicken, whatever the fuck this stuff's yeah. called, you know, all that kind of stuff. People banking, people don't realize all that. They just see, oh well, shit, that store's making, say, twenty thousand dollars a month. Well, I could probably open one up bigger and make fifty thousand. You know, like it's just it's ignorant to me that people only see the money part of it. They don't see the hard work. But a lot of that's not successful people like yourself. You did it all, and you know how how hard it is. You know, so well, man. You know, like, and I start second guessing myself when I open up this one. You know, because like, well, maybe I couldn't have done it. Um, again, I'm, I'm never going to talk bad about this woman because I, you know, like I, I want her nothing but the best, but it was a lot of, you know, like a lot of like just self doubt in myself. Mm-hmm. But when I was doing that, I remember at one point I was, uh, I was working some mornings, get there at five to five thirty, uh, not every morning, but five to five thirty, And I would leave no earlier than eight at night. And then I would, I would still do reserve work for the police department for my insurance. I remember that. Yeah. And then I would also deliver food to help Nick. On Sundays, and me and my wife sometimes would split those meal plans. Like, cause I, I had enough money to, to like, and I'm, you know, as a, as a man, I, I already maxed out my credit cards. Like, my God, I'm just trying to scrap right now. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that part of it. And people didn't know. It, and people say, like, well, we're making this money, but I had to pay physical therapists at the time because we had, a, you know, physical therapy when we first started. The trainers, the other staff, they got all our money. Yeah. And, you know, we were just, and so, and then there was a time, um, this is something big to me. I, I, we were, when I thought we were going to go bankrupt. We met a, I met a kid in his family. They had an accident. The woman, the girl needed a wheelchair, accessible house. And it just moved me. And I was like, I just got to help people. I don't know how long I'm had this business. I didn't know. I was hoping I was going to keep it going because I never thought about losing, you know. But then um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to de- dedicate my October. I think it was 2013. Yeah, I think it was 2013 uh, of, of boot camp money all to her. And her family. Yeah. And I put promoted that out there. Um, and then uh, when I did that, uh, I, I didn't, I was like, gosh, it was so hard for me to give her this check. Yeah. And then at the time, all my employees quit. So we had a, like a mix up because I had to put some money from my retirement account in to help pay for, pay for their employees. Well, they, my financial advisor said, hey, uh, 
cancel that check, use the other one. It was a mistake, but it made them scared. And they thought we were going under. So they all quit. I'm like, oh my gosh, I woke up, couldn't sleep for three days. I was telling you, I was so tired. I would be sitting at the desk and I couldn't catch my breath. Like, you know, just breathing. Like, man, why am I tired? I'm, I'm you know, supposed to be in shape, but I can't yeah. catch my breath sitting down because I was so stressed and exhausted. We stood outside of a coffee shop. There's a guy that works there. He's a little, he's slow. I don't know what his condition is. And I'd always let him like wash our windows, but he would talk and he was, talks, he spits when he talks. And sometimes you're like, okay, I got five, 10, 15, 20 minutes to listen to you, whatever story you want to tell me. Mm-hmm. But that day I didn't have time. I was just so worried. Yeah. And he kind of brought me back. We were sitting there and he puts his hand on. He goes, hey, Josh, how you doing? I go, I'm fine, man. Just, just go on. Kind of like, you know, like, hey, bye. Yeah. You know, have a good one. Then he puts his hand on my shoulder again. He goes, starts talking normal. He goes, hey, Josh, just uh, keep doing what you're doing. God's got bigger plans for you. Said that to me twice. And I'm not the one that's going to sit here and say, I pray and the fruit came to my front door. Yeah. This really happened. And then that month, I gave that money to the, that girl's family. I had ran my first golf scramble for muscular dystrophy and gave $5,000, $7,000, $10,000 to them. And I was like, man, I wish I could make this money for myself. That was the first month I made a dollar. <laughs> Jeez. Is that not crazy though? Yeah. Right? And I get chills thinking about it all the time. Yeah. And I knew, and I'm not a, and I'm not a super religious guy. Like I don't go to church every Sunday. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, you hear the term I used to joke about when people go, let go and let God, you know, mm-hmm. like I was like, sometimes you have to let go. And cause there's only some, cause you think you can control everything. Yeah. You had to do what's right. And hope the chips fall into place, but you just can't quit either. You can't just do it and lay down. Like some people say, you know, I'm just gonna let you only God can judge. I'm gonna let God take everything. Well, you still gotta work. Yeah. (laughs) But that was a big deal to me. And that was, and we never turned back from that point forward. Yeah. I remember hearing a story about Tony Robbins, kind of a similar story. Like he was eating and he had like a couple of dollars in his pocket and he saw this family and he saw this kid and he just like decided to pay for their bill and he didn't have the money to pay for himself later on. But it, it it came back in full, like later on. Like sometimes, if you do good things, it just comes back around. I don't know if it, like karma's real or any of that, but just doing nice things for people can make you feel better as a person, and like it could b- boost their day. And then they might do that for somebody. It's kind of like that pay it forward type thing, right? It's kind of also like I'm sorry, you don't. No, yeah. Uh, it's like when you see somebody and someone says, "Hey, what's going on? How you doing?" You know, like when you're just greeting somebody as you walk into the mall or something, you don't ever, you never know. That person may have gone to that car if you didn't say hey to them and shot themselves or killed themselves or jumped up the, you know, you just never know. It's what they say. You never know what other people are going through. So always just be nice. I got a, I got a, um, a message about three weeks ago. I don't know if y'all saw that post I put up about like, I was, I'm, I've become more vulnerable in like telling what my life's been about over the past two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put about, and I put it there, but like, I saw that. Yeah. That thing fucking went viral, dude. Big time. What is uh, this now? It was a post about, um, how I actually thought, I actually compl- contemplated, like, I mean, I no short of words, I contemplated killing myself. It wasn't like one of these, like, I know when people talk about it as being a police officer, they're not really going to do it. I had wrote a letter and I had the gun and I had everything and something I was, and I was about to do it and I got a phone call. Or in a text or something like that. I was like, what am I doing? My, my granddad's service pistol. I'm like, what am I doing? Well, I kind of wrote about that. I wrote about what I've been through over the, to that divorce. Man, that divorce just crushed me. It opened up. I was molested as a child. I never would tell anybody about it. Yeah. Except for he had to go to jail for a while, of course. I was beaten and abused, and I just wouldn't talk about that. And my, my parents' drug abuse. I felt alone a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so I talked about that. Well, one woman that when I was on the Grizzlies, her husband had passed away. He was a police officer. He got uh, killed in a car crash, I believe. And I gave her, uh, and I don't want to say anything too much about like her name or anything, but yeah. I, I reached out to her and I constantly talked, you know, reach out to her because I wanted to help her. 
And um, I got her. I said, hey, come on to the game. She goes, no, I can't go. I said, no, you're going to the game. I got you courtside seats today. I want you and your boy to come down there on me. Yeah. And so I kind of forced her into it. And she wrote me a, a message. She goes, you don't know that day. I'd already, I'd already wrote my letter. I was going to kill myself that night. Damn. And I'm – and what do you do with that? Like when you yeah. – when you, I mean, again, tear up here. I am tough. Tough, sappy guy yeah. here. I'm like about it. So I'm getting sad and happy at the same time. Like, I can't believe I made that impact. I got so many messages. Like, people would tell me how, like, you doing this for me meant a lot to me. You doing, and, and just it was like hellos, but that was one of the biggest ones. I just, the only one I had where somebody's like, I was really going to kill myself that night. Instead, I went to the Grizzly game. Now, happy, back, to, you know, back to the other end. Yeah. So you're right about that. And that's, and I always think about that all the time. You, I, that's why you'll never see me walk past somebody and I say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. You know, I'm going to always try to, you know, smile with people because you never know. Yeah. I know when I was going through like that one text made my day just a little bit better. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was, that's a, that's a big deal. It's kind of like what Bert just said on the, what we do with him that you remember he was about to relapse and he got a phone call. Yeah. Remember? Or is it called relapse? Yeah. 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 He was about to relapse, but then he, the person called him and he started talking about it and he didn't drink or do drugs. And, you know, it was really tough and because he, he hadn't talked to anybody. It's just people that are just assholes to be assholes, you know, that, that, that's like fading away. I think like, you know, bullying is so big. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think like bullying is not what it used to be when we were the kids age, like in high school, elementary school. I'm now, don't get me wrong. There's still going to be some kids that are going to try to do it, you know, but I think like the children that we have now, I think their kids are, will probably end up stop you know, or maybe kids after that, it's going to eventually end. There's still going to be the one parent that thinks that they're fucking still in high school. So they think that the alpha and all that shit, they're going to be an asshole, you know, and teach, make their son do that or their daughter be like that. But I mean, that's like, I hope, hopefully it's, I think I'm right. when someone say it's fading away, but like, it's just so much going on right now, man, with these kids and all this, you know, so many kids are depressed right now with COVID. Well, do you not think though, that we have raised a soft generation away too? Like, I, I'm with you. I don't think bullets, but it's kind of flipped. Like, like when I went out, and I, oh gosh, everybody killed me. I went to, when the first time I could go to Shelby Farms, I went. I mean, I was like, I, and you hear like, I can't believe I didn't deal with that. I mean, it's like, you're, now you're getting bullied, you know, you're getting bullied in a different way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then we had to, have, we had to be able to handle some adversity. I'm not for anybody to like, pick up, cause I mean, I, I didn't ever was a bully. I mean, I've never been big enough to be a bully, you know, but like, you know, I, I think sometimes like we can't, people had to face some adversity to deal with it. Not in a, yeah, you just need to handle the bully. Somebody needs to take care of that bully as well. Like, in a handle that as far as like, you know, you can't be doing it. And the parents need to really put a foot down on that bully and stuff too, right? But sometimes you're like, it's like right now you can't get, we got spanked as kids. If I didn't get whipped by my principal, man, I'd have been a bad kid. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I was scared of that paddle. I wasn't scared. I mean, and I was scared of my grandparents hearing about it because I didn't want to disappoint them. But man, at school, like, I didn't care about nothing else. Like, but when that paddle came out, like, oh, Wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> I used to get paddled so frequently that my mom said, you don't have to call me anymore. If you, if you have to paddle, I'm just paddling. Him. My butt still spoke <laughs> from the last paddle. <laughs> I was like, man. And then it's kind of like, you know, but I guess you, what you're saying is kind of true too because we, we're like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. Everybody's but, a winner. Yeah. Like, fuck some that. People, some people lose. But again, I'm, I agree with you too. But somebody, sometimes you had to lose. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you, because if you never lose, you never know what you're, what you're really going to be good at in life. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, how a lot of people aren't working, like restaurant industry people, you know, it just started going back. It was a meme I saw on Facebook or Instagram, whatever it was. Um, what are you going to do with your three months that you're probably not going to be working? And people are like, oh, I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But then some, you know, some kid or somebody countered that said, 
what are you going to do? And they, and they said, Oh, it's okay if I don't do anything and just work on myself and this and that. And the people are like, okay, well, that's one way of looking at it, but you're just wasted to the other people. It's like, you just wasted three months of your life, not doing shit. You know, well, everybody works on things different too, though. Yeah. But you know, the number one thing I, I get when people say the reason why they ain't been in shape is because I don't have time. Yeah. Oh, this right here, these last three months, tell you, you had time. Yeah. You make either you make an excuse or you make it happen. Yeah. You really want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. If you don't, you'll make an excuse. That's flat out it. Well, I just said I tell one of my friends this today. He was giving me some bullshit, you know, of why he hasn't been walking and stuff. I'm like, dude, come on, man. That's like some bullshit ass excuse right there. I'm gonna call you out on it. So I called him out on it and talked to him for like ten minutes on text message. Did it help him? Yeah, he's like, well, no, you're right, you're right. I was like, of course I'm right. You're just using that as an excuse. You don't want to do it. That's fine. Don't do it. But don't say that you're doing it because that's not fair. Well, the number one killer in America is heart disease. And we ain't shutting down schools for that and, and closing down Doritos plants. Yeah. I'm not saying we should. I'm not saying we should. But we're so worried. That everybody's wearing a mask and gloves and everything else. And again, I'm not trying to be the person that like, gets in that debate with somebody. But, man, heart disease has been the champion of number one killers in America for a long time. And we're not stopping that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. It's, that makes sense because it's like, you know, there's so many people that are out of shape and obese and stuff, like you just said. And we're not trying to work on a better diet for Americans. You know, we're going to. Like in schools, you can just look at Doritos and Cheetos. And, and it's in a healthy snack machine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know. It's like, <laughs> hey, here's your, here's your sugar granola bar and your rice crispy treats in a healthy it's, snack it's, yeah. hidden, What is it? Hidden Hidden Valley? Uh, oh, uh, Nature Valley. Na- Nation Valley. It's like, that's how what, is That's how what is my boy it? right here has got right in front of his uh, computer. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, how is that healthy? I'm just like, because it's like 700 calories with like two little pieces. When the then, sugar. And sugar's yeah. a, sugar is a, is, a, is a devil. You don't eat sugar, right? <laughs> Say don't eat sugar. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I had to stop myself for 90 straight days. I don't eat it a lot. I have to not eat it because I can get addicted really quick. I grew up on it, but it, it changed my body so much. I was in, I was in a magazine in, uh, called Can Fit Pro for my transformation as a trainer. Yeah. Cause as a, even as, you know, in, in, you guys have probably been there. We all end up taking care of other people and then we forget about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at myself like, Oh my God, if somebody sees me in a bathing suit and I look like this. Like and I and I I'm always self conscious about myself. Right. And then so I was like, I'm gonna do a nine day challenge myself. And I immediately and I had Reese's peanut butter cups. I ain't gonna lie to you, I did them, them ones for Easter. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat these first. And somebody goes, Are you really gonna do that? I go, You're right. And so not only did I throw them in the trash, if I had to throw them in the trash, I had to put them back out because they were in wrappers. So I could always put them back up. <laughs> what are you fucking? So I opened them up. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not lying. I mean, I was addicted. I would dream about Twinkies, but no, I stopped that. And then I started seeing the benefits from it. And the first two weeks were miserable to me. Yeah, I, I dreamed about stuff I hadn't had. Twinkies, ho hos. Like, I don't even eat Twinkies. I like buttercups. I like donuts. You know, like sugar and sugar sugar drinks. And I would crave it. I would crave it so bad. Yeah, but I didn't realize how much that was affecting me all the way through. I, I think during that the first time I did, I lost maybe only like ten pounds, but I lost five inches, five belt loops mm, in my yeah. stomach. And you know, sugar feeds cancer. You know, but, you know. And that's a big deal. And that's, but and again, I don't mean like fruit because people say like you know fruit. Because anybody yeah. says like eating strawberries is bad, eating bacon is good all the time. We need to talk. Like yeah. we need to we need to get, come to Jesus right now. Like let's let's think about this. There's so many good you yeah. know nutrients, but that processed sugar, man, I get you. And it it changed my life because you'll never see me like if you see me out if I do drink, it's vodka soda. Yeah, you know, like I, and I, and I, uh, I always take care of that. It's kind of like with with EBT cards, like you know, in different you can be white, black, whatever. You're buying your kids like the most sugarous drink from that store. And, you know, it's just like maybe we should like re try to reteach people because I, this is this is 100 percent a true story. What I'm about to say in my store, when we had my store in Tillman, you remember it. Yeah. Um, I used to see kids like little babies that become bigger babies and, you know, they're like teenagers. Right. 
but they fucking have no teeth. And all the teeth are all fucked up because of all the sugar drinks. And, you know, like one lady made fun of this kid. She's like, hey, baby, smile for me. I want to show this to me. I want to show you, show him something. Oh, so he, he smiled and all his teeth are out. He's like 13. It's like, he's like, they're all like a, like a meth head looking. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just, it just, these things shouldn't be so readily available. Like when a salad costs more than a Big Mac, or I'm not sorry, like a salad costs more than like a fry or a Big Mac at McDonald's. I think that's one of the problems right there, you know? Yeah. And also, too, people are, still, are all about self gratification. Mm-hmm. Whatever makes them feel good at that point. And there's a reason why uh, low income and, uh, and it, it, it's not attached to a color. I don't want anybody to think, because that's the last thing I want people to think. Yeah. That's why I said that too. Because I, 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 I throw this out here right now. Like, I love, I love it when I see white black people hanging out together. You know, it's the most awesome. Like, I, I mean, y'all brown and like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I love, I love it, man, because it, 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 it means we're coming together as people. But, but low income wise, though, there's a reason why diabetes runs rapid there. Mm-hmm. It's because, and, and if you look at some of the drinks that are there that are readily available and what are cheaper, like you said, the Twinkies and and the Jungle Juice. I, I drank it in, when I was at Creek yeah. I drank Jungle Juice. I thought it was like I thought it was like orange juice. And orange, by the way, orange juice ain't good either. But I was drinking all that stuff, and I'm like, man, the sugar can on there. Like I was trying, and, it, and it's hard to get off of that. Yeah. Once you get once you get past that point, and that's the reason why heart disease runs rapid there. That's why, and that's why it's hard to get off. You know, at some point, and and. It's okay when you're younger. It's not really okay. But it, you start seeing the effect, long-term effects the longer you still stay on that same sort of diet. And you could prevent that. And you, I wish that I wish with the EBT cards, they wouldn't let you get some of the bad stuff. It would cover more of the healthy stuff. And maybe we could regulate like some of the prices of it as well, you yeah. know, like here. But regulate to where, you know, like, all right, you're not going to be able to get Twinkies and Ho-Hos all the time. Because that's going to be more luxury. You know, I, don't, I, I you know, but you, but you can get fruit. Yeah. You know, that, that would be nice. They were actually... There was legislation like uh, when Obama was still president, maybe in his first term, that they were actually going to rewrite the rules on that. Like you can't buy something with X amount of sugar in it. Like it can't be over this much sugar because they were trying to make – because Michelle Obama was doing all that healthy school mm-hmm. lunching thing, yep, remember? I do. Like it was tied in with that, and they were fixing to rewrite it. But all the big companies that were going to lose billions of dollars – Said, we're not doing that. Here's, you know, we're, that's never going to happen because if you can't buy a Coke on EBT or whatever, right? Most likely, they're just going to get the next product. And so, water's free, by the way. Yeah, and you know, so <laughs> it's just it's one of those things, like, you know, uh, like a twenty a twenty ounce Coke has like seventy grams of sugar. You know, it's like it's like it's a lot. Jungle juice is like a hundred grams of sugar per, t- and it, each jungle juice is like two servings, unless you have the gallon. It's like ten servings. Well, you know, if you look at the um, now they have it to where it, it makes you put included sugars in there now. I don't know what I thought was this year they they made it. But that's something. They, so if you see sugars because you have natural sugar, they'll say added sugars, not included, but added oh, sugars. I've seen that. And added sugars is the was. processed sugar. So that's when you like, when I tell my clients like stay away, say five grams or less on that. But you know, that's it's just something you got to be careful with for sure. And I, I just wish it was more. There's more taught with that. I wish in school they taught more about taxes and and healthy diet and you know stuff like how to wash and fold clothes and you know like yeah and, you know and you know budgets than I would some of the stuff we yeah. we were taught you know. Also, like that, that, like you just said, th- those are big issues that need to be addressed to like people in high school because when you become 18, you can get any credit card in the world, mm-hmm. and when you're going to run those credit cards up, guess who's going to have to pay them? <laughs> you're either going to file bankruptcy or you're just never going to address it. And you have a bad credit score. And then you're going to have bad credit score for like the next. What is it? Seven years or ten years? You know, I like, what it is, but yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a long time. Because I remember me and John Harris when we turned eighteen. Our first, we saw the little pamphlets in high in, in uh, at University of Memphis, and we were like, "Oh fuck, let's get this credit card. We can be party with it all weekend." You know, like every weekend. You know, it was like two. They gave me a two thousand dollar limit, and they gave John like twenty five hundred or whatever it was, and 
we maxed that motherfucker out the first weekend. <laughs> we bought so much beer, and it was just it was just crazy, man. They prey on the college. because you know we were going to uh, the university bar uh, right there on the corner where it sells the kegs and Vars- stuff. The var- varsity, wasn't yeah, it? The varsity. Yeah. yeah, we were going there. We we're going to Scooties. Man, you know? good times back then. Oh man, that was the oh, god. <laughs> so how do you talk about good times? How do you how did you become friends with Nick? Man, we went to school together, um, and Nick's one of those friends with me and him. Like we have so much in common, and uh, I look up to Nick a lot. Uh, Nick's a Nick's a great dude, and then um, we'd always kind of fall back. And when I remember uh, he went to a different school for a little bit, um, and because in, in high school, in high school I was kind of a I was I wouldn't say I was popular, like I was one of those popular kids, but you would never see me out drinking in high school because. I knew I had to do a lot to get to where I wanted to be in life. Mm-hmm. Right. I was always really focused about like, and people like, why don't you drink? I was like, because my dad's an alcoholic and he, you know, like, and he, I didn't tell him that he beat me, but it was that, and then I was like, and I, I knew I needed to be 100% if I was going to be the best version of myself because I thought it was harder for me. I really did. Um, but then, you know, we'd fall off, then we'd come back and see each other. Then he, you know, open up, you know, say ultimate foods. I mean, I would always support him. I'd always try to support my friends as much as possible. If I see my friends doing something, because I know what it means to have that support. If I can help, I'm going to. Yeah. Right. And then, man, and then when we went through the same thing at the same amount of time. So we just, our friendship has just, you know, some friendships get further apart. We have gotten closer the older we've gotten. And every day we get just a little bit closer. Yeah. And every day I realize, like, awesome. man, we're, we're a lot more like, and um, I remember even just a few weeks ago, before he started trying to go, hey, man, are you okay? Because I hadn't heard from him. I was like, and he didn't respond to it. And I was like, something's, something's up. You know, I, I feel like I'm, that's, I feel like I've got a gift of like reading people a little bit. Um, and I'm not that I'm perfect at it, but I, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna reach out to him once. I said, like, I'm not trying to bug you, but if you need something, man, you let me know. I want I'm here for you all the time. I was like, I'm good. I'm just busy, but technically he wasn't, it was something going on. And you know, you know how yeah. you have it, but I want to let him know because I know how much that meant to me. So we just have grown closer and closer and then bouncing business stuff off of each other. You know, I think, you know, we've helped each other with that, and I, I try to be there for him, and he's, he's always been there for me. Good friend for sure. What are you looking at? Why are you laughing? <laughs> man, I think my man here. I but figured you, you were going to say something smart. <laughs> oh, no, no. You normally man, do. I feel like, I, should, I mean, should we get Nick Wait, 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 this, wait you're this right. This whole thing's about You're right. You're right. Are, we, are we talking about the same Nick Hallmeyer? <laughs> <laughs> that's not my experience. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> man, he's like a slave driver. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> he the shit out of me. <laughs> Got you bouncing everywhere. Uh, hey, man, be a bouncer at my house. I had a kid's party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got some food in the back. Get the scraps. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Nick is a really good guy. Um, so when y'all were talking about the bullying though, like, did, did you get bullied a lot growing up? Um, I mean, I got, who don't get picked on a little bit? Yeah. Um, I do remember one guy for sure, uh, that, that did, and I'll never forget it cause he was bigger than me as, you know, cause I, I, I'll take a butt whooping. Yeah. Um, uh, that's nothing. Like I, I actually don't mind it. Yeah. Um, and, but, uh, I, I got picked on a few times. I did get stepped back a little bit. No, you're fine. Uh, um, you're... I got, you know, I, of course I got picked on a few times, but I don't ever really, I got made called jelly belly, yeah. you know? Um, I remember it was just different form for me. Like somebody poured milk down my locker and I, but I don't really ever consider it. Uh, I don't know. It's hard for me because I don't know. I thought it made me who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that as much as I like to talk and as, as extrovert as I am right now, I was the shy kid. I, I used to stutter. Yeah. I stuttered as a kid. Um, and I would, uh, always be by myself. Uh, and I would kind of, and I remember the only friends I had was when I played sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, sports was my outlet. Sports, because uh, I was good at them. Yeah. And if I wasn't good at them, I was going to work until I got good at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, you know, I, I never, I got picked on, but I, I t- in, today's, in today's way, I'd have been called, a, I'd been bullied. Yeah. 
You know, I could see. Oh, yeah, seriously. So, but at the time, I thought, like, yeah, people made fun of me about certain things. But um, really, and it, yeah, it affects me now. But it's, maybe that dude wouldn't call me jelly, but maybe I wouldn't be in shape now. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I think it might have made me help me a little bit, too. In maybe the motivated you to do right. something. Like, I always think if somebody's a bully, were they possibly bullied? And that's why they are the way they are. Like, was their dad bullying them at home or oh, somebody? Well, I, you know what I'm saying? We can go that route. It's a whole different ballgame. Um, but I always say this, like... If I feel somebody like, there was somebody I used to, place I used to work at, yeah, just slow kid, uh-huh. and people would make fun of him, like it would make rumors about him. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna embarrass this joker, yeah, because I can I can check, yeah, you know, like, and so like I'm gonna check this, I'm gonna check him in front of everybody, and I'm like I'm gonna bully a bully right, yeah, now. you know, because I don't want that that guy, and I, and I brought that guy, go, you can come to lunch with me, every day, like I don't care, you can drool all over your face for all I care, you can, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. care what you do, you can scream whatever you want to scream, and he wasn't like that, but I'm just saying like, yeah, but people would make fun of him, like, no, I'm we're gonna do something about this, mm-hmm. and so I think. That that's a big deal to me. I don't I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're bullied and, and depressed about it. Yeah, you know, and I want to be there for them. And and if sometimes I catch myself because I man, y'all know I joke so much, and I I catch I'll say, hey man, if I ever say anything to hurt your feelings, please let me know. I mean nothing by this. Yeah, you know, so because I, I I used to worry about that, you know, overthink it. Like man, I made a joke, but what if it hurt their feelings? So I'd mm-hmm. always come back if it ever hurt your feelings, let me know. And sometimes people would tell me, like yeah. one of my friends was losing his hair. And I made fun of him. <laughs> my, my buddy Robert Farmer. You know, Robert? Yeah, Robert. I was making fun of him. He goes, man, you know, that, that really bothers me. I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I was just rolling on him one yeah. day. And I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. I never did it again. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's not my game to hurt your feelings. My game, I just want to make you smile. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think that, I don't know. They always say hurt people hurt people. So, like, a lot of those kids, I think that there's something like, what, what's inside you that wants to make somebody feel bad about themselves? You know, like me personally, I never want to hurt anybody's feelings intentionally. Like that's just, it doesn't make me feel good to hurt somebody. But that's why I always try to look at it on from their point of view too. Like what, it, there always are some bad apples, but what is the reason they are a bad apple? You know, like, uh, and like the thing with kids now is I think a lot of it is just kids can't get away from the bully. Like with the online shit, like, you know, kids will say stuff and you hear about kids killing themselves because somebody bullied them, you know, because they couldn't handle it or whatever. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's it's just something that I don't understand why people want to do that to somebody I, I else. I don't either, man. It's, uh, I mean, it's a good question. Yeah. I don't understand why. And I, up until up until two years ago, I didn't understand, like, why would anybody want to hurt themselves? Yeah. Like to get away from the problems. But you know, I, 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 it's hard to say, and, I, and I, I do think, like, I think about, like, with baseball. When I played baseball, the initiation, I remember, I always tell even a police officer, like, I never got picked on. I ain't got to be mad. I'm not mad at these people. Like, really, when yeah. you ran for me, it made me happy. It was like a, it was like a dog chasing a rabbit, a greyhound. Like, okay, it's over. Like, I got you. Yeah. And I, we can talk, because a lot of people I locked up, I was, had a great conversations with. Um, but I would say, I didn't get picked on, and I don't have to prove myself now. Yeah. I just want to be, you know, I want to be there for people. But I think, I think you're right. I think sometimes that when people feel it, they want to push off on somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's not coming back to them again. Yeah. And, but, and that might be what it is for some, but for others, I mean, who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I even think about, uh, social media building, like oh Snapchat, That's Instagram, the worst. and all that. Like you're dealing with it for what, eight hours at school all day. And then these people send you messages all night and, or, you know, because you have like two sides of it. You have the kids that get bullied and they might hurt themselves or that they might want to hurt other people because they're getting mm, bullied. Exactly and that's right. where you have like the school shootings or not even school shootings. You have like people going to offices and killing people because, you know, they feel like somebody's attacking them or, you know, they have some like mental health is something I think more people need to talk about. 
I'm like it's you. something that it's people are deemed as being weak or whatever because they cry or you know they're sad about shit and it's not the case like your brain's supposed to be telling you you're doing fine but then there's something that might be for some people there's something's misfiring where they're like my brain's telling me i'm fucked up you know it's like it's because for the longest time like i always thought about people that committed suicide like they were selfish man me too you know and then I had some friends that did it, and I'm like, I know this person, and I know they, they didn't have, like, I, I, I didn't see it coming. You know, it's like that whole thing, like, what could I have done, or could I have done this, or could I have helped them out a certain way? But it's nothing you really can do because it's their brain that's telling them to do that. Because most of us are, are geared to, to, to live, you know, like, we want to survive. And to get to that point where you're in that dark of a place where you don't want to be alive anymore is it's just it, it it hurts so bad it hurts me that people have to get to that low point yeah you i mean if, i mean i know this is we're having a podcast but have y'all ever felt that way before i've never no, i, I see it like and i hate saying that because i don't want to sound like flipping about it but i've never been depressed before I was with you. I mean, I'm telling you, I was with you 100 percent up until that years ago. I keep bringing that up because I didn't understand it. It was one, and I also too. I think, I think you get put in such a situation so you can help others because everything that's happened to me is makes me empath for other people. Like I never understood why I wouldn't go to, um, I wouldn't call one of you guys if say like somebody close passed away and I found out about it because I'm not trying to get attention from them and I don't want to bother them. Everybody else is doing it. But when my granddad died and people called me and checked on me just to see how I was doing, I was like, oh my God, that meant so much. Yeah. yeah. So now you'll see me there, mm-hmm. you know, doing the same thing. So I think I get you. It's it's hard to understand when you've never actually been through it. Yeah. And um, man, bravo to you to never ever, ever having to be like depressed. Yeah. Cause like I've, I've, I've been sad before. Like I've had friends die and stuff like that for, cause this is how it started. I remember I was really emotional growing up. And my sister used to be like, oh, you're going to be gay because you cry a lot or whatever, you know? And if you are, that's cool. We can talk yeah. about that right now. Why are you looking at me? What the fuck? I don't and, know why I say when you laugh right now while you're and, talking, but it's okay. And so uh, I remember I cried because I couldn't figure something out in school, and it got back to my dad. And my dad's a military guy. And my dad's like, we don't cry. And I was like in first grade. And so for the longest time, like I would like hold stuff in like if I got upset about something or, you know, like got emotional about something. But then I remember like... When one of my buddies was in the hospital, and then I remember I was sitting with, you know, Chris Eubank. I was sitting with yeah. Eubank, and I just started tearing up when that happened. Then when uh, my roommate passed away from cancer, it made me cry. But it's just like, you know, if it's something that hits you that hard, your body's obviously releasing it for a reason. Why are you going to try to keep it in? And I think this thing with men trying to be so tough, for who are you trying to be tough for? My, for me, it was my dad. You know, it's like they're not living your life, you know, like. I don't think people should just boohoo about the simple shit. But I mean, if that's the kind of person they are, that's on them. But I think that more of us should be more open with our feelings and be willing to tell people things like give somebody a compliment. Like it's not gay to give a dude a compliment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. It's just to me, it's just more men should be more open with themselves and open with other guys. And maybe we wouldn't have all these people that are dealing with this turmoil. turmoil and you We know. know men kill themselves more than women. Yeah. I mean, another book is Masculine Masculinity by Lewis Howes. Another one. That's that's something that really opened up to where like it shows like how you mask it with sex. Yeah. You mask it with fighting. You mask it with sports. You mask it with competition. Like there's a, like I think there were seven of them masks they say you wear. Mm-hmm. Um and and I get it. You know like and you say like uh, who are you trying to? I, I remember 
I remember this. So it's either, it was either, there's only two emotions for me a lot. It was either like laughter. I was a guy that like wouldn't joke about everything or it was anger. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and if I wasn't like, and I needed those stressful, I was, man, I went through so many stressful situations where like, if I didn't have something stressful happen to me, it's like, I, I was like, I need it. Mm-hmm. Like I survived off of that. Like when, if it was a police department, like I remember when I got shot at, somebody goes like, man, I can't believe how calm you were over the radio. Like this was home to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, like this is to me was what I needed. You know, like in a car chase, I'm like, hey, here we are, blah, 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 blah. That was normal. Like, that's when I came. I, I feel like if we're in a restaurant, somebody goes in and starts shooting the place, we're surviving. Yeah. You know, so I need that. But uh, I remember a client of mine walked to me one day. Uh, she goes, and she goes, hey, you okay? I go, yeah, why? She goes, man, you joke so much and you play so much. I, I worry about you because you really, those people had the most to hide. Mm. It's like and, they say. And she was dead on because yeah. I was going through it. And it, and I would just kind of make a joke about it. I'd make a joke about myself. Yeah. You know? And so, but go ahead, what you're saying. No, but, you, go, you go. But, you know, like you think about Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Was, that's what I was going. Like, all like that meme says, check on all your happy friends and all these happy, happy laugh guys that make all of us laugh. Have so many of them killed themselves. Uh, what the, What's the guy's name? Chester, Chester, the oh, singer. From uh, Lincoln Park. Yeah. You know, he, oh. he killed himself. Uh, but the, they, like the hour before, he was all happy with his family. You know, like you just never know what people are going through. So it's a it's a way to hide it. Yeah, it's a way. It's a defense mechanism. Like that was my two defense. Like it was like it was either like laugh or be angry and just prove that I wasn't sad about it. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's and that's. I'm ashamed to say that's the way I was. I'm glad again. That's where as bad as I was for that 15 month period, it helped me grow as a person. Because now, like, if any of my friends go through it, I'm there. Yeah. You know, and I, and I want to be there for them. And if I go through it, I kind of like, I went through a period though, because I hate people that play the victim all the time. Mm-hmm. I think victim now is like the cool thing. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, it means like your life ain't that bad, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, but being the victim has now become like the new cool thing uh, to be. And I, and I, when I was doing that, then I was like, I, everything was, woe was me. I was like, mm-hmm. Josh, you got to stop this. Yeah. You're becoming someone you don't want to be. So you had to, you still, you know, you can still show your emotions and, you know, feel them. But don't act like because the sun is shining, you're going to get a sunburn. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That's what you're saying now. Yeah. Because, you know, some people to say anything is you know anything is bad, like, oh, my God, I don't have a job. I keep having a job. Okay. Oh, my God, I work so much. Okay. Oh, my God, people are talking to me so much. Okay. Oh, my God, I'm so lonely. Like, you, what, when are you ever going to be happy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we talk about the, this person we know, and it doesn't matter where they are. They're always boohoo about something. Like, eh, nothing can be right in their life. And it's like, at what point do you look at it and, and say, it's me? You know, what is, uh, what am I not internally happy about? You and know, and don't that drain you? Huh? Don't that drain you? When somebody's like that, when somebody's like that, does that drain you? And, and it'll make me start avoiding them a little bit. Like, yeah, I can't take on your problems. You're draining everybody else around you. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend that I work with that, um, he, no matter what, it's not the one I always talk to. Mm-hmm. And no matter what happens on his route or whatever, I mean, He's gonna complain about it, or that's just too many. Like the motherfucker sold like eight hundred and fifty cases the other day. He calls me complaining about it. I was like, "That's how we get paid, you fuck." <laughs> I was like, "Did you know I'm out in Raleigh and I never even had a seven hundred a seven hundred case day yet?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I just you know, you know how much that's like fifteen stops I had to do." I was like, "Dude, I do sixteen stops a day. Like it's you come out here, let me take your route. Like mm-hmm. you're complaining about about stuff that's your job, but that that's." You should be happy that you sold that many cases at the end of towards the end of the month because now you're gonna hit your volume bonus more than likely. Yeah. I was like, you sold that in one fucking day, dude. Like, I was like, I gotta go. 
you're killing me. Like, I, I can't take this. Yeah. It's not like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. But some people are like emotional vampires. They will suck the life out of you. You know, like they constantly just have like a problem. But, and it's like, you don't want to be the person to push them away because you don't, maybe they're griping or they're, you know, is a, a, a call for help, you know, but I don't think you, I did see something one time. It's like, if you're the type of person who's always leaned on somebody's shoulder, maybe you should be like one day be like, are you okay if I talk to you about my problems instead of just bombarding them with your problems? You know, like you, cause you, I understand you're going through shit, but you might be bringing that person down by doing that all the time. And then you never know if the person you're bringing your shit to is also having issues, but he's just working or she's just working on it themselves instead of bitching about it. And then, and like, you just never know. Like my phone, man, rings all day long at work from different coworkers. Some of, some of these guys I've never even met. Mm-hmm. And they just call me because I usually give them a solution how, what to do in the, on their route or whatever. Right. But I was like, man, you guys are, this is getting out of hand. Cause now you guys are calling me for like stupid shit. Like, you know, like what, solve it yourself. Yeah. Like it's like, should I use my personal day because they won't approve my vacation? Like, yeah, motherfucker, use your personal day. Why are you calling me? Like, well, how would they find out? I was like, then I was like, they're not going to come to your house and see if you're sick, motherfucker. Okay. Just do it. So that half the time I don't answer my phone anymore, man. Like, it's just, that's why I don't watch the news. Yeah. Negativity, negativity is, is so bad all day long. Man. Negativity is a universal language. Yeah. You know, like, for example, we'll just go with weather. Last weekend, there was a 30% chance of rain, but if you look at the forecast, it just showed lightning and rain cloud. Mm-hmm. If you look on there, everybody's killing everybody. When COVID first started, it was the worst thing in the world. We're all dying right now. You know, it's like, I got to get it. I cannot do that. And I used to have a rules in the business was like, we had like, like we call them like 10 commandments or business or 10 rules of business. And it was like, one of them was, we're number five. We'd say, hey, number five, no complaint. Nobody wants to hear how cold you are. Mm-hmm. People come here to get, for us to make them feel better. We don't want to hear about how you're hungover, you're cold. Yeah. You can talk to me about it in the back room. I, I'll be there for you. But we're trying to be a place to lift others up. Yeah. And so, but but if, if you get in a room and somebody's complaining, like we're doing it right now, right? <laughs> Oxymoron. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but if you get in a room and somebody complains, everybody starts complaining. Yeah. Dude, I got in trouble. We had a, we are a sales meeting like a couple months ago. And I was like, hey, I got a question. And they all just, all the managers know what's about to come out of my mouth. But the general manager, I mean, the main, one of the main guys goes, well, go ahead. You haven't said much, you know, past couple of meetings. What's up? I was like, why is it that our, you know, we get such short dates on our kegs and blah, 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 blah. Right. And then it spiraled from me complaining about that to one of the other guys. And he's like, yeah, they always send me this beer that's so close to expiring and, and then another, so they, so they send me an email the next day. They're like, Ralph, we need to talk. We need you to come to the office and talk to us. Please. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, um, if you have any questions like that, please send the question to us before the meeting so we can answer it to you. I was like, okay, exactly fine. Right. They're like, yeah, because when you start, we know what you're going through on your route. So when you start complaining, the other guys that don't have the issues are going to start bitching about other things. And that's exactly what happened. They're like, we just got to keep the, the morale good and happy and positive in these meetings because, you know, you and four other guys out of the 28 are the only ones that are actually doing anything on your route. So, right. So they're just bitching to bitch. <laughs> and it's, again, it's universal. Like, I remember when I was at the Grizzlies and we were, they were, I never have got a worker, like the company give me food. They would get Chipotle sometimes. They give us pizza. Like, man, they got us pizza. Why they do that? Man, I only like pizza. Like, 
man, you got free food. I mean, you better go over there and eat. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I don't care what you give me. I'm thankful. Yeah. Oh, it's like, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's McAllister's again. Like, we just had that like three days ago. Like, that's like a $20 meal you just ate, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Just be happy. All like, you know, like when you buy the Redbird ticket with the buffet and like, like this is it? Like, oh my you're God. about to eat a hundred dollars <laughs> worth of food, motherfucker. Like, stop bitching. <laughs> but I tell you one thing though, I went to the Rivers game when we were with Edward, mm-hmm. and that motherfucker, he doesn't drink, right? And I asked him one time, I was like, hey, Edward, how come you don't drink? And he's like, Well, you know, everyone in his family is pretty much an alcoholic. And I was like, Oh, so you're afraid? Is this right if I say this? I was like, You're afraid if you drink that you might think you'll become an alcoholic. Also, he's like, That's one hundred percent. So the ticket was like a hundred bucks. And he fucking ate like three hundred dollars worth of food. He's like, I'm gonna get my money worth. <laughs> I mean, brisket, nachos, like everything, Coke, sprites, like just he, throwing it away, not even eating it. Like, no, he was eating the fuck out of it because Tony was like, How many times is this motherfucker gonna go? He went up to the buffet like seven times. Oh man. We were only there for like the first like six innings and then we left. Like he was like, Edward, are you full? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Got his money's worth. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man. You gotta get your money's worth. So what is your new company called? Uh, it's Josh Strong. So I, I switch over to more online training. Okay. Um, I, I, which, you know, it's, it's now it's, I'm kind of, I was ahead of the game, you know, yeah. a little bit in a, in yeah, a way. Sure. And it's, uh, but at first I was really nervous about it because I'm a personality. You know, like mm-hmm. I, my energy level is, again, it's, it becomes contagious with it. And, and I was like, man, am I going to be able to portray that through a computer and through text and through phone calls? And um, it was a learning process for me. Um, but I do, uh, I have my own personal training app. Oh wow! I do. I give uh, meal, and I don't. And I and I, I don't believe in like meal plans too much. I, I try to believe in lifestyle changes. Like I'll give you like examples, mm-hmm. but I want you to make lifestyle changes and make it easier for yourself. Um, of course, private Facebook group, and everybody says they have one, but mine's like I say, like mine's really legit. It's like only only my clients, and we do weekly challenges. We check on each other. It's a big deal to me. And then again, this handy dandy cell phone. I text you know two to five days a week, and sometimes it's not just about the training. Like, are you training today? It's just like, hey, how are you doing today? Yeah. How's life? Yeah. How are you handling everything going on right now? And and I've had people like just call me like I need to talk. I've people tell me I'm having trouble with their relationships. Sometimes that gets uncomfortable because I'm like, well, I want to always I want I want to be there for them 100, percent but I don't, I don't want to ever like feel like I'm overstepping my boundary. Yeah. So I say if you ever feel like talking to me, you let me know. It will never go past me and you. But sometimes I think, like you said, mental health, mm-hmm. you can't do anything. You cannot lose weight if you're messed up in the head or your heart's not there. Yeah. And so I try to help get past that. And it's really, and that's why you've seen all these before and after photos. I've gotten, the success rate of this has been ridiculous. Because uh, sometimes with a one-on-one training, people come, they think they come two, three days, and the rest of the time they can just eat what they want to and do yeah. whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But not this way. I got more time to talk to you, and I'm, and I'm, I'm really on, on top of you that. And it's, it's helped a ton. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. I've... Uh, I had a big ups and downs being there, but just like everything else, when my head wasn't there and I would get in a sad spot, I would just drop and spiral. I mean, I spent too much money, you know, and I was just kind of like, I wouldn't be in a, as involved. Yeah. And sometimes I feel bad for the clients at the beginning. I'd give them free three months right now if they called me up, like, hey, look, here's three. You know, like, I'm sorry. I wasn't as good then as I right. am now. I want you to see what I really am about. Um, but it was, but it was a good learning experience and I'm, I'm really happy with it now. I think that, uh, I really think that, and this is, I don't want to sit here and like brag or anything, but I really think I'm going to be the, everybody's going to know who I am for what I am. Yeah. Um, I really think that I'm not going to be just a Memphis person. I'm going to be a, a, a nationwide person. And I think I'm, I'm going to impact a lot of people. I'm not going to stop until I do. Yeah. I don't care how old I am. If I'm 75 years old and I still got 35 clients, I'm going to go for 60, you know, cause I'm going to keep going at it and I'm going to chop down that tree 
with a butter knife, and, you know, and and I'm gonna win, yeah, you know, and it, whether and I don't, it's not like it's not about the money to me. I want to get paid, and I want to have the nice things in life. I really want vacations, and I want friends, yeah, uh, and I, I want everybody around me to be happy. But that's part of it. But I really, my grave is not gonna say how much money I made, and it's, right. it, it's I want, I want, and I want people to be there, to be sad, but I want, I want to make such an impact on people that I left this world giving it all I had and helped everybody. My, um, I was interviewed for a magazine one day, like, what's your goal? I said, I just want to make, I want to make a friend today. I told them my granddad that when I was 10 years old. Mm. He's like, what do you want to do? I go, I go, I just want to make a friend today. Like, if I can make a friend every day, 365 people. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about this. Yeah. And I want to be liked. Yeah. Even, and I still want to be myself because it still hurts me when people don't like who I am. I second guess like, man, maybe I shouldn't be so loud or maybe I shouldn't be so hyper or maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But it, but I still want to be myself that mm-hmm. way. But it, and that's that's been a hard thing for me because I remember even when in high school, like okay, this year I'm gonna be more calm. I'm not gonna be like the class clown or mm-hmm. or we go out this time. I'm not gonna be as loud and goofy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give me thirty minutes. It's up. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I go from zero to one hundred. You know. Yeah. But yeah, your your passion that you have is one hundred percent gonna make you successful. It's already making you successful well, you're doing it. You know, appreciate because it. like. Caring about your clients is how you get the business. Now, you could be some guy just sending things out, right? Like you said, like the, some of these other guys do or our female trainers do. But you actually care about, let's just use Haley as the example. You care what Haley's doing. You care about her progress. Oh, Haley, you fucked up this, this week. It's okay. You know what? We'll get it back. Not a problem. You'll tell her stuff like that or, you know, or Billy or whoever it is, you know, caring about your customers is how you're going to get more and more and more customers. Or I'm sorry, clients in this example. You can get more and more clients. And that's just it. And that's and, with anything you do. Yeah. I mean, it was with the Grizzlies. I was our number one salesperson at Grizzlies. Is that was because, you know, yeah, I can talk, but it was just because I cared about these people. Mm-hmm. And But then it was different here. Like, you, you bring up, hey, I know Hayley's on vacation right now. I send her workouts to do with no weights while she's on vacation. And then just check, say, hey, send me some pictures. We'll see how pretty he is out there. You know, I'm, I'm happy for yeah, you to be out yeah. there because you deserve, because you deserve this. You worked really hard. You know, she runs her own cleaning business and she's, you know, she has a family to take care of. Like she's working really hard and she deserves all this. And so, and I, sometimes I feel like people, people have told me this. Like at first, when they first met me, like I thought you were fake. Mm. Like nobody, I was like, man, I, or my energy was either fake or how much I care was fake. I was like, Give me two months and tell me if you still think I'm fake. Yeah. It, it doesn't stop because some people, anybody can fake it for a week. If you join me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. We're going to do this together. But when I keep texting you every week and you ain't responding back for two or three weeks, you know somebody, and I start calling you or I start, you know, I send you a voice message. Hey, man, I just want to see how you're doing. Yeah. I remember our first phone conversation because I try to get deep on that first call and I don't accept everybody. So I try to get really deep. Like, what's your why? Like, you know, you know, what can we get past? Like, why? And it can't be like, well, because I want to live for my kids. Well, if it's just for your kids, you, that'll be a reason why you stop. What's your why for yourself? And then I remember that. And so every client that doesn't get results or, or stops early, it hurts me. So it's just a flip to it. It'll, if, if you're around me and yet somebody has told me like, Hey, man, I, uh, I appreciate I've lost, like, I got a text. Like, I lost seven pounds already in less than the first month. Uh, but I might have to stop next month and you know, I don't be able to commit to well, it's a three month agreement, but it hurts me. Like what I do wrong for you, man. I've done everything I can. I do it for everybody else and I have a really high success rate. I don't want that. It hurts me to think like we're not there. Yeah. We're not to the point yeah. where you're really happy yet. I'm not to the point where I can celebrate with you mm-hmm. and I need that. And then if, if, if you don't get there, it's a failure. It's like a stab in my heart or a kick in my stomach when that happens. But on the flip side, like the text I got, like, 
uh, Billy's wife. She goes, they, he's oh, like, yeah. she hasn't That's been, she hasn't been, yeah, almost 50 pounds or yeah. maybe over 50 oh, now. Wow. And she's put on a bathing suit now. She didn't put on since her honeymoon. <laughs> That's all. Man, what? And you're like, I'm and, so happy for her right now. And Billy, I have never seen Billy look like that. And me and, and Billy's going to go even further. I guarantee, I promise you this, six months from now, and I hope Billy listens to this. Billy, you better show me right because I put you on the spot with everybody. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we're going on vacation, uh, uh, I think it's next month. Uh, no, July uh, with them. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like what the changes from there. But those things, and those are my friends, but I can name a million strangers the same way. And, that's, and it's hard for me because when I get into it, you become my friend. Yeah. I tell people all the time, too, like, if you come in this program and you don't want somebody to be your friend, don't join. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to want to be your friend really bad. Yeah. Because I, I think you'll work a lot harder for a friend or a family member than you will some stranger who just throws out you a meal plan or a workout. Yeah. yeah. When you work out, mm-hmm. like I'm telling you guys, like, if you know anybody that uh, like has been like in a funk or, or just you know out of shape, and they seem like they're happy. Mm-hmm. Things do fall into place. It, it went as far as the first time I did that night challenge myself. I won the softball championship. I know it's not a big deal, yeah, yeah. but it was that. My business grew. My business, business doubled. Everything. My friendships. My relationship. My friends got better. Like everything was just falling into place. Like holy crap! Like that's what I needed to do. Yeah. And it's and it's not. And I and I don't want to say because I'm a fitness guy. Like yeah, whatever. You're in fitness. You're gonna <laughs> say that, right? Because I, I want to be real. Like. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be like that, but it's just what it is. Yeah, it's because you get, gain energy, you sleep better, you feel. Better. When you're more confident and you're about, your, you end up being happier. Uh, you're going to get more, you know, love from the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel better about when you go into an interview with a bunch of other people trying to sell something. Like, look at me, I know I'm all right. You know, like, and it's not about being vain. People hate like they don't say, "Well, I'm just not about being vain." It's okay to want to feel good and look good. Yeah, it's not vain to say I want to like what I see in the mirror and not be disgusted by it. Yeah. There's a guy I work with that keeps on getting passed over for a salesman's job. He motherfucker started losing weight to get the salesman job because they keep on putting him like resets and stuff like that. He's a really nice guy, but I think he's finally understood that, you know, he's, he's not going to be able to do the job because of, of his weight, right? He's lost like 40 pounds in like two months already. Like he's like, I'm coming for that salesman job. He's going to get it. He told, he told the, the guy that is in charge of that stuff. He's like, now, I'm doing this for myself mainly, but I also want that salesman job because I, li- I would like to make that money, but I'm becoming healthy for myself. If, you, if I don't get it, then I will, I will quit, is what he told him. Well, I think that, like, if you're doing that, that shows the person you have drive, yeah. you know? Like, uh, and it shouldn't be the, that case that we judge people by the way they look, but a lot of places do. Like, if you look sloppy, they're probably not going to want to talk to you. Like less people not are in pro- my case, <laughs> not in my case. Oh, my pants are like fourteen sizes too big. <laughs> my fucking uh, clothes are too big. And dude, I, I look just like this when I'm talking. <laughs> I look just like this when I'm talking to the decision makers in these accounts. I'm like, hey man, I need you to put this. Um, I need to put this a middle light display. I'll give you a bike. It needs to be fifty cases. And you know, I didn't realize it had to be fifty cases. By the way, so I told him it was thirty cases. Only. By the way, if you're listening, yeah. this is not and, Raul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the Miller Life. So everybody, when they saw the picture, the manager shared it on our email. Everyone's like, "You got a bike for that?" I was like, "Motherfucker, y'all don't know what I do. I'm in Raleigh, bitch. <laughs> we do what we want out of here." Oh, okay, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just crazy how that works. 
Yeah, well, you know, also too, I, I um, on the motivational side of that, and then, you know, trying to get it promoted, like you got to go for what you want. Yeah, you got to tell them what you want. Closed mouth don't get fed. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm losing some weight, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna get that salesman job. And if I don't, bye. Yeah, you know, so you have to really go for what you want. And you have to, and you have to be a sponge, and you're never entitled to it. Mm-hmm. I always say, tell people all the time, like when they say, like, um, what well, people ask me, like, why you work so hard, why or why you playing so hard, why you work so hard. Cause, I want you to know I'm going to give 100,000% every time I do, even if I'm dumb at it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to work. And if I want something, if I want a job, if I want to get promoted, I'm going to ask for that. And if I don't get it, I'm going to say, what could I have done different? When I didn't get the, I, uh, uh, when I worked for the Grizzlies when I was in college, they were like, well, maybe the top salesperson will get, uh, get on. Well, I was a top salesperson by like double. And mm. they didn't get on. Mm. And uh, and I would go up there and work while they were at the Grizzly Games. I would be up there like in the office trying to make phone calls, blah, blah, blah. And every year as a police officer, I'd call them. We're friends now. Me and that guy that gave me the job now, the one that didn't give me the one. We're friends now. i call him every year. Hey, hey. Happened to see him downtown when I was a police officer right before I left. I go, hey, man, I'm quitting the police. I want that job. Yeah. He gave me a fake interview because I, I think I helped him get home. You know, it was like Memphis May and didn't have his car or whatever. So I helped him get home. And uh, and I reached out to him on LinkedIn, and I, he goes, "Hey man, come in your suit and tie." Like suit and tie, I ain't got one of them. But he's like, "Come in your suit and tie." <laughs> but I was out of town, and I had appendicitis in the Bahamas. Damn. And I'm like, I had appendicitis on like a Wednesday, and I'm supposed to be back by Sunday. And I'm like, I I, I gotta be able to come get on a plane now. Like, no, you might not be able to get on a plane. Period. Like, no, I'm getting on a plane. Yeah. I had to be wheeled through the uh, airport. Had the interview on Monday. Turned out that interview was fake because he what? he gave the job to somebody else while I was gone. Because he said, "Well, I didn't think you were really gonna be that serious or be that good at it, you know, with the interview." And um, so, but he ended up introduced me to the president of marketing while I was there. I go, hey, "I got you. Got to meet this guy." Mm. And so I talked to him. And then the next time, he did the same thing to me. He goes, "Hey, man, I got the job opening." And then somebody came in that knew somebody else, got him the job. And I'm like, "I said, next time you call me, man, you write me. You bring you call me with an offer letter, you know, like and, that's, and so because I, I knew it was coming." Boy, that being is. I kept going for it. Yeah. And it taught me right then there. And I'm glad he denied me a couple because I wouldn't have the experience I did now, but I just kept beating at the door eventually and eventually got it. And I wasn't going to let it go until he said yes. And he told me when I left, he goes, I remember him telling me like, well, I gave somebody a job because he was annoying me so much. Well, I might be that dude if you want to give me a job. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, and sometimes that's what you had to do. But then when you get, he asked me, what, he goes, now that you finally got the job, what are you going to do? That's what I'm make you regret every year you didn't hire me. Because mm. I was going, because I knew, I knew he got paid off what I sold. Or I thought he did. And I'm like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make, I'm going to work so hard. You're going to wish you to hire me 10 years ago and you could make so much more money. You could have bought double the house you could have had then, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and I went, I wasn't mad at him. I just wanted to prove him wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that is a driving factor for a lot of people too. proving people wrong. Chip like when somebody said you can't do something, well, let me show you. Oh yeah. Like look yeah. at Jordan. I mean, that, that last day. <laughs> oh God. I yeah. Mean, man, <laughs> that dude right there. He I'd would fabricate him. stuff. I'd have punched did him you, in the face of my teammate though. Did you guys see that um, <laughs> they're going to make a Tom Brady docuseries like that? But it won't, I don't think it'll be the same. Cause you, you, could you think Belichick's going to let people in his locker room? No, like, this and, he's like, yeah. I could hear him. Um, no, no um. yeah. <laughs> but, um, what do you think about Tyson coming back? Uh man, I love Tyson. Um, he may be a little bit too old to get some punches in the head. I think I wouldn't fight the dude. He not yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could sneeze on me, and I just play. hey, I'd fight him for. By the way, Mike Tyson, if you ever listen to this and this gets really big, <laughs> I will punch you, knock you out. No, I won't. But I will take that punch <laughs> and I will dive on that floor for a million dollars. Like, yeah. But it, yeah. but I, I think that um, I mean, if you get him in the because he's not they're not gonna put him with some like top top. Well, contender. apparently they're gonna put Isn't uh, it a charity thing that they're no, it, yeah, it's charity. He's gonna do it for charity, right? Okay, but it's supposed to be it's. 
They're talking about Evander Holyfield. <laughs> I mean, he's, he he's could, back training too. If he couldn't beat him the first two times, I don't think he can beat him. No, if Evander Holyfield like ten kids, take care. Evander's <laughs> <laughs> got like a, he's got an orphanage of kids. He's got to take care. <laughs> yeah. But Mike Tyson, look at him. What a, what a transformation. Yeah. The guy here now. I, I would assume he, he raped that girl back. And and I and it sucks. And I hate that he did that. And I, but I thought he changed his life as he went on. Like, when he got out, he was still like, man, this dude's off his rocker. Yeah. And look who he is now. You know, like, and he's, and he's now everybody loves him. And But he become a, he's become a good guy. I hopefully asked for his forgiveness. And, you know, he paid yeah. his time. Same thing like Kobe Bryant when he, you know, he cheated on his wife. That, man, that, that and Tiger Woods, like, man, that sucks. But they turned their life around. Point of that is. Anybody can turn their life around. You look at his body. Yeah. Man, he looked like a piece of blubber. Dude, yeah. yeah. And now look at him. Fucking rip. I, tr- I trained him, by the way, if anybody want to add. <laughs> JoshStrong.com. <laughs> Josh Strong, Josh Strong. I, got- <laughs> I know. JoshStrong.com backslash Tyson. <laughs> That's right. I know he attributes a lot of his transformation to like what they call a toad or DMT. <laughs> what? So, yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's a lower version of what Nick did with the ayahuasca. Oh. So yeah, he basically said it, it kind of killed his ego, and I know he also says that he didn't like working out because he knew that he would become the person he used to be. Mm. Like, so I don't know how he's gonna become now because he is getting back in shape. But hopefully, he's got that in the wrap. But also, you know, he did do that that medicine or what have you. So maybe that rewired. Would y'all ever do bit. that? I would. I was gonna ask you that. Yeah, I would do it. it. Uh uh-uh. uh Why? Yeah. I was he. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> There's a few things I, I don't. First off, I don't want to get deep inside my head. Yeah, I want. Right. I, and I and um maybe I will one day. Um and I don't want. Uh, I don't want to. And I heard about Nick throwing up. Man, <laughs> if I throw up, I'm calling all oh, y'all. Y'all going to rub my head, hold me. I get scared of throwing up. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. You know, like the, the chambers. Like I think uh, Joe Rogan talks about the the gravity chambers. Oh, the deprivation chamber. When it gets in your head, I ain't trying to dig up bad stuff back there. I got enough stuff I'm trying to push away from me and I know like don't push it away. I've dealt with it. It, It's been dealt with. It Let let go back in its home because I I don't want to go back in that dark place. So I mean really I just don't want to go go there through it all over again. Do I believe it can help and and for some people it's good? Yeah. Skydiving. You know like Will Smith like skydiving changed my life. I ain't jumping out no plane. (laughs) You know (laughs) Like, why would I skydive? I'm going to fly till we land. I'm going to get to the yeah, bottom. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, they say, like, why do you want to do something that might kill you? But some people just love that thrill. But I can see how, like, we're challenging yourself to something you not you, you haven't done. Yeah. I can see how that could help or, or, or you know, it might kill you and you, you get to that. I can see how that could help. But, what, you know, what about you guys? Would y'all do it? I'm not doing it. Like you skydiving? You, no, no, the, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, I see. You, well, you would. Yeah, I would do that. And you would not. No, I don't. I'm in my feelings every day. I don't. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> I think. I think he's worried about losing control because you don't have control. Yeah. So what do you mean you don't have? So I, I just I, I've seen. I saw. I think there's a Netflix on it. You have physically, you have control in your body, but mentally, you're you're gone. So your body be sitting here, and you can move your arms or whatever. Nick said, like he told us in his podcast, but in your mind, you're 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 with uh, Mama Awaska. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I'm scared that. Um, I, so I don't, you know, it's not about I drink, but I, 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 you, if you find me maybe five times where I've drank too much, where I like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't ever want to be that way because I want to always have some self-control over myself. Yeah. You know, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, you're fine. No, but I, I think like, uh, kind of like what Nick was saying is like with, what Raul, like Raul is like, I don't want to cry, but it's like, you, you know, if it, you're going to cry, you're going to cry. So like trying to hold on to that 
like we were talking about that male persona being masculine or whatever. Right. Kind of, it kind of shed, you know, strips that away from you. Why don't you want to cry, Ruth? I know that I'm not gonna cry. I mean, it's if you don't, episode, I can play it back. What are you I, fucking? I, what are you? Stenographer? <laughs> I, 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 I actually listened to that episode before I came over here, and you did say that. So why don't you want to cry? Not in front of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we know also too. Like I've, I've realized this too. Like um, I used to have this thing. Um, I, I mean, I didn't want anybody here to think I was like not a hundred percent man. Like yeah, you know, yeah. don't call me. You know, don't call me gay. You know, yeah. right? That doesn't bother me with a bit now. Like um, I, <laughs> I don't know why it used to. I mm-hmm. guess it was just one of those things that you grew up in the, the time frame you grow up. Like man, whatever you want to call me. Like I know who I am. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't matter. And you know what? And if I'm hanging around like gay friends like i don't care they're my friends don't make fun of them or i'll make fun of you like what yeah right. you know like i think it's just like everything else like we all can be friendly to each other the whole time but you just gotta be yourself now I, it is harder for me i pay me only i don't know how many man maybe only cried maybe two of my guy friends still um what one was my great billy cook my granddad passed away and, and Josh Cathy, man, Josh Cathy's been. I, mean, I don't know if you know Josh Cathy very well. He goes to fight with me all the time. Skinny, look like looks like a uh, Harry Potter. I always call him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who that is, man. Yeah, I know. He usually wears a broom when he goes to fight. <laughs> but, but no, but he, he's always been there. Yeah, and and he knows every dark secret. He's probably one of the friends I've. Th- I've been blessed with some the most amazing friends. But I I don't want to push my problems on everybody else mm-hmm. right. because that's my problem to deal with. But some of them, you know, it's it, we push problems on each other and we we help each other through it. And he's one of them. And man, it's 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 amazing to have that. But saying that is like he's heard me cry, and I I don't plan on making a habit of it. But if if I had to, I will. Yeah, like being able to be around somebody that doesn't judge you for having some raw emotion is amazing. Because you don't want to have the thing where if you do open up to somebody, you feel you're going to be ridiculed, and then you regress, and you know you don't ever open up again. So you're never moving forward. So like uh, like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with people showing emotion. It just, I just think that more people should be open up to letting people be themselves and being more free with their feelings. And well, something might say that about anger though too, as well. So I, I do think you need to take a step back and see like this, like it, just the most unique, like road rage. Yeah, I used to be like, man, I used to or even I almost got a fight with a dad when I was in high school. Somebody's dad because he cut me off. I went to my teacher one time and told her how bad of a driver she was and got licks in high school because I was <laughs> so but but I was like we know what if they're having this kind of day like just take a step back what yeah. if they're in a rush what if they're going through this so sometimes it's like there's a it's okay to have your emotion but anger's an emotion yeah and maybe just take a step back and like is this really should I really cry because the fruit tree is dead out in the front yard mm. you know like yeah. maybe you know maybe take it's perspective but also don't be afraid if it is yeah you know I think there's a catch point too and I'm playing devil's advocate here because mm-hmm. I agree with you but I also think like you know let's let's have some kind of control of what we can control. I always say control what you can and cope with what you can't. Mm, that's a good way of looking at it. That's really good. Control the controllable. Control the controllable. Control what you can and cope with what you can. And I always say another one is uh, everything happens uh, for you, not to you. Yeah. That, you know, so every situation is actually like for me, like, and I, I, everything happened, happened for me, uh, not to me. And instead of like, and I flipped to that, like, why is this always, I remember I told my grandma when I got molested, I was like, grandma, I was like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, you know, first it's my dad. Then it's, you know, I'm getting, a, you know, abused. And I, I'm trying to be friends with a neighbor that's slow. And he does this to me. Like, why does this keep, I remember her like shaking. She said, don't you ever feel sorry for yourself? Yeah. And I mean, wipe my tears off. I played baseball that night. And, I, you know, and in a way, he used to be like, well, you know, you should deal with your feelings right then and there. But it helped me get through. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I, I can only do what I can. You know, but I would never tell anybody I went through that. Because even as, God, I wouldn't tell anybody until maybe like three years ago. 
that didn't already know. And yeah. only, only people, not my friends didn't know because I didn't want people thinking, because as a guy, you think like, are people going to think I'm like gay because it happened to me as a kid? Right. Yeah. You know, I run out, you know, and and, and that's a hard thing to think about uh, for me. And I was like, I'm not, and when people would joke about it, about something else, like, <laughs> and people like, oh my God, you know, so you can only control what you can and what you can't. I'm not glad that happened to me, but I'd, I'd find myself saying like, man, what, God, why, why are you letting this happen to me all the time? Yeah. And, but now I'm like, man, that actually happened for me. Cause now I, I, I want to help that kid. Yeah. I want to help that kid, you know, get that. And no, like, man, it's okay. Like, you know, it, it's not your fault that they did that to you. You know? Yeah. I have a buddy. He, he told me that he was molested and it, it's just like he said that, uh, it, it's not him that let it happen. It's just that that person took advantage of him. You, you, I mean, whatever age you are, like, yeah, I'm ten years old, nine years old. Like, I did not expect that. Yeah, you know, and you get tricked. I remember, I remember, I asked him, you know, and I remember, I was a street smart kid even then because I remember I was like, hey, I'll go to the bathroom, man. I opened that door, man. I was like Carl Lewis out that Joker. Yeah, and I was in my own house. Damn. Yeah, I, I think, and it's it's unfortunately that's a story that more people have than not. Yeah, you know, like especially like, uh, and. I think it, it's more common to hear about women, but obviously it happens to men too. And, and more men don't want to talk about that because, you know, the whole, I don't want to be deemed as gay or, you know, whatever. But yeah, when somebody takes advantage of you, that's, that's just a, a total level that you can't really comprehend, comprehend why somebody wants to do that. And then I also sometimes like not trying to make excuses for them, but like we were saying about the bullying thing, but did that possibly, is it learned behavior? Like did it happen to them? I, I don't know, man. Like, I it's it's a it's a heavy subject. It is, you know, when, when it happened to me, I, I had made up my mind. I was gonna, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna hurt him when I yeah. got eighteen years old. I was like, I'm gonna find where this dude lives. I'm gonna bust his teeth wide open. Yeah. So I did the same thing about my dad. Like, you know, my dad had me hide underneath the beds, and I, had, I remember I'd put stuffed animals on one side of the bed. Like, if he comes in here, he tries to take me. He's gonna take these stuffed animals and not me. Mm. And I'll have time to get away. It's like when I get eighteen, I'm find out where he lives. And I'm gonna show him who's not a pussy no more. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and so that, and, you know, so you, 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 and then like, then as I older I got, and, and luckily I couldn't find it right away, you know, and the older guy's like, no, all right, let's just find another, cause you're right. What happened? What do you mean? What happened to him? Yeah. You know, what happened to my, cause I even blame my dad. Like, my dad would have been there. Like, this wouldn't even happen in the first place, you know, again, and it doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. Yeah. You know, and I, but, but what happened to them to make that, that go away? Cause probably they felt like the victim too. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. It's everybody has a story, and that's that's part of the reason why we started doing this. Is like once you sit down, and you talk to people. There's more to you than just who we see. Like, yeah, yeah, none of us be the trainer, right? Like, just yeah. the trainer, like hype trainer. But no. <laughs> yeah, like nobody that that I know of knew that part of you. But that's not only you, you know. But that did shape who you are today. Like everything, it's like the butterfly effect. Everything has a a reaction. But yeah, man, that's uh. I'm glad you were able to share that with people. Yeah, I mean, and it's helped me. Like when I do that, like I, I used to do what we call them group closes. And it sounds like a, such a sales thing, but it, it is what it is. But I'd always, and I started opening up in there. Like, let me just tell y'all what happened to me mm. and why I do this. Because I don't want to feel like that kid. Or I don't want to feel like this. And then I noticed what it did to me. And now you'd see eyes tear up. And I had people like, man, that really made it. Man, I'm so, so even if they didn't sign up, they were like, but I would sign up way more because like, man, you were just so open to me and raw. Like, I can't believe you did that. And you realize, like, it's I'm not doing it for because I don't want to ever seem like I'm doing it for attention. You yeah. know, some you know those people are like, you know, that all all they talk about is the woe is me every mm-hmm. time. And that's oh, why you don't yeah. see me post all that. I, I try like, all right, once every two months, maybe I'll post it. You know, and so I let people know like this is who I am. I'm real. 
and not just a guy like saying like you need to get up and do this and drink your water h2o and all this mess but i want them to know that this is i'm real but i'm also i catch myself overthinking like i don't want to seem like i'm trying to play like the victim or i'm trying to like woe is me how horrible was my life mm-hmm. but i want you and then when people tell me like man i've never had this stuff happen to me that it's happened to you it's like but your problems are your problems. The rich have problems. Yeah. They're in, the rich and the poor, the problems are the same. They're just in different ways. Mm-hmm. Think about it. The rich don't know. Who, a lot of them don't know who their real friends are. True. When you're poor, you know who your real friends are. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you don't, but, but, but you, you yeah. have a better idea. Yeah. The, the, so the rich have different problems than the poor. So everybody has them. My problems were big to me, but somebody had way worse. Somebody had cancer. Somebody kid, some kid did with cancer. Yeah. You know, or lost their, you know, saw their parents get killed. So it is, it's all about how you look at it and know like everybody has that story. Everybody has an internal battle, internal struggle. So try to put a smile on their face every single day. It's like, you know, when you say, oh, my life sucks or this sucks. And then you have somebody that's an observer saying, oh, that guy's got the best life. I wish I had that life. Cause they're like, you know, in a war torn country right now or something. And they see that and they see like a tourist come through or something like that. And a oh man, I wish in that, and then the tourist's kid is like spoiled or, you know, acting like a bitch or something. And then the kid's like, my life sucks. Leave me alone. And then the, 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 the person that lives in that little kid that lives there is like, Oh man, I wish I could travel away with those people, you know, like shit like that. It it sucks, man. Well, think about this thing about when you, people like are on social media right now and they're saying, and they see, uh, oh man, I hate this. Uh, I got to wear a mask to work every day. But by the way, I don't want to wear no mask. I'm not saying anything bad about mm-hmm. them. But then you got somebody in the hospital right now that's dying of like heart disease or whatever. And it's like, man, I just wish I could put on a mask and walk outside. Yeah. Yeah. Or I wish I had two legs to walk. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a perspective, but I will say this validate their problems. Their problems are still their problems. What seems big to us right now is a problem mm-hmm. won't be the same big problem we have 20 years from now. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, Josh, what is your advice for people? Like, it can be in fitness or life or whatever, not just whatever you want to say. Um, man, yeah, that's, a, that's a really open-ended question. I'm glad you threw me on the bus right there. Uh, <laughs> that's usually what I do with this question. Yeah, no kidding. Um, well, man, I, I, I'm kind of go with what I just went through in a little bit. Like, mainly is always be yourself. Okay. Everybody else is already taken. You can only be one person, so be yourself. So if you want to be, if you want to be the the fitness guy, and you want to be, or if you want to be the um, the happy guy, if you want to be the quiet guy, if you want to be the book reader, if you want to be the nerd, whatever, be yourself. Everybody's already taken up. Don't be afraid to show who you really are. Be unapologetic about it, but also be be concerned about other people's feelings. Be mindful of it. There's certain things I'm not going to say because I was like, well, it's funny to me, but it might not be funny to you. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, um, and and uh, never give up. If you don't. You, the quickest way to die is to have a dream. You know, like there was, uh, I would talk to the guy that was an undefeated, um, Bill. Oh my gosh, I forgot his last name. I didn't come, I didn't come to speak to Carville Elementary. But, anyways, that's uh, going to kill me not knowing his name. But it's Bill. He's an undefeated, the movie for about Manassas football team. Okay. And he's like, he said, there's a study if, like, if you stop dreaming, you start dying. Like people, and that's 100% true. And if you stop dreaming, you become this life that, that is just depressing. If you don't have something to live for every single day. So I'd say go for every what you want, be yourself and make, please, for the love of God, make a difference every single day. And don't let politics or color or religion stop that. Right. We are all alike. We all have a heart that bleeds. We, we can smile. We can love. And we got to do that together or we'll never get past it. That's one of the biggest things I, I, I hate right now, how I feel like everything is divided. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Bill Courtney. That's his name. Bill Courtney. Yeah, Bill Courtney was a great speaker, by the way, as well. He really motivating story. 
But you, you want us, we can all do this together. But when we get separated, that's why you see things fall apart. Right. And also, if somebody, if we have a different view, public and Democrat, we can still be friends. Yeah. You know, I just, I, and, I, and I'm not one of those kumbaya, everybody's got to love everybody person. Cause I, I mean, I get it, you know, but we also can find a way to live and work with each other and, and come out for the better good, you know? So I guess that in a, in a long thing is just, you know, be yourself, never give up and make an impact. That's awesome. I like that, man. Yeah. Cause like what you're saying about the, the political side of things, it's like we both might have different opinions, but you don't have to put somebody down because you have a different opinion. You don't have to call somebody stupid. Like you can at least have a conversation like you, you don't have to yell. And that's what we see a lot of times like on social media, especially like Facebook. Everybody wants to be, oh, you're an idiot because you think that or you support this guy, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, we're all going to die. So it's like, why are we going to fight over something that at the end of our life we really aren't going to care about? Well, at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Yeah. We all, everybody wants kids to be healthy, or us to be healthy. We all want things to be safe. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll say, we'll go with guns and school shooting. Like, the people that like are pro gun, they're like, man, that's going to keep us safe. The people that are anti gun, like, well, I want to keep us safe. Yeah. We got to find, you know, like, it's, yeah. you want to be mad at the person for believing a certain way. I believe my way, and I have two of my best, best friends. We are completely opposite in beliefs. And me and those people, man, we had the deepest conversations. Yeah. And I would lay down my life for both of them. Can you, uh, uh, what's your socials and all that good stuff? Or how can people find you? Socials? Like my social security number? You know, somebody <laughs> just bought a cell phone. I don't know if y'all saw that. Bought a cell phone. I got $3,000 to the collection days because of somebody. Oh, did. wow. Uh, you want to my Instagram handle? Yeah. Uh, it's Josh Strong Fitness. Um, Josh Strong Fitness is, uh, Facebook is my number one. Uh, it's just my bread and butter. Uh, I guess it's me a Democrat. Democrat. <laughs> Demographic. Yeah. Uh, and then Josh Strong is uh, for uh, Instagram. And I also have TikTok. Which I'm kind of getting into. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. guy on TikTok. No, but that's hey. like a new Instagram, pretty much. It Dude, is. That thing is fucking taking over. And one guy in China owns it. Oh. China. 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 <laughs> and uh, and it, it, I know. It started in China. I know. It, 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 we, were, we were like mad about that. Like, you know, TikTok started in China. You might want to get off of it. Like, I don't really care. It's yeah. funny. Like, yeah. I'm, enjoy- I'm catching myself. The problem with TikTok videos, just like Facebook videos, you'll start watching them. Next thing you know, your phone will be going dead. And it's four o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, God. <laughs> but no i'm on everything possible like i try to i try to i try to touch every single where like i and i've kind of honed in more on on facebook because it's more of my bread and butter but man twitter instagram linkedin uh snapchat you know facebook i'm every which way you have a youtube channel too i do okay yeah Yeah. just wrong and i'm just now getting because i I actually love what you guys do like i've always been like man i would love to do like a a podcast and and doing and similar like what you guys are like just Help people, help people, you know, yeah. like, and, and, and let them tell their story of, you know, how they do it. But so I, I'd even love to do this one day, but I know it's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything half ass. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm going to say I'm going to do something, we're going all in. Yeah. You know? That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you doing it. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on, you know? Hey, Josh, you I know, uh, I know I'm probably, you ain't got to say it while I'm here, but I probably was the best one. Y'all got <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Damn, Nick. Got <laughs> fired. <laughs> Bye, Nick. Or Matthew or everybody or else. Or Bert. I don't give a damn who it is. I know I was the best. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the mentality that's going to make you always a winner. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. No, man, but you've had some great shows, guys. I, you know, like, take a time to, to thank you guys for doing what you guys do, because you don't realize, like, I had, I've had people reach out to me about some of the, some of the stuff y'all have had on, like how it took, like Nick's podcast, like, oh my gosh, I almost like cried during that one. And you know, but, yeah. but you don't know what impact you do because people are silent about that a lot. 
So, you know, keep doing what you guys are doing and helping. And, and I, even when it gets tough, you know, I'm not trying to be like a motivational yeah, speaker yeah. or anything, but, but you don't know how much this means to a lot of people. Even when it's the laugh and the goofy stuff y'all put in there, because some of the stuff is hilarious. Yeah. You know, but that makes people's day. So, man, whenever you get tired, you know, keep going. Cause somebody out there is listening to you guys, whether it's one, it might be that same one that's thinking about it hurting themselves or, you yeah. know, really super depressed. So you've made a lot of impact on people you don't even know yet. All right, I mean, man. I wish I wish Raul would shave. All me. I wish I wish Raul would shave. You know, clean yeah, up himself. I'm fixing a little to shave <laughs> with my razor done by Acer's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> man, I didn't, it's this this podcast has become more about Nick Carmine and birth than I want to talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Nick, you might want to watch that. This dude's got a man crush. You look at this. <laughs> All right, we love you lots. All right, bye. Man, appreciate it. We finally have a sponsor. And that is Chateau Lebert Coffee. And that is C-H-A-T-E-A-U-L-E-B-E-R-T Coffee. If you can't spell that, that's C-O-F-F-E-E. Again, it's Chateau Lebert Coffee. And if you're a big coffee drinker, they have all kinds of flavors. They have Ethiopian roast. They have, you know, they have uh, an apple flavor, a peach flavor, a juggernaut coffee. I mean, that sounds intense, juggernaut. Um, like I said, if if you're a big coffee drinker, I think you should give them a shout. They're a local company too. Anyways, again, like I said, it's Chateau Lebert Coffee. You can find them on Facebook. And they're also ready for pickup and delivery. I mean, you don't have to leave your house. Most of us aren't leaving the house anyways, but that's just an added perk. Like I said, again, it's Chateau Lebert Coffee. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new sponsor, Acer Edge. Raul, do you need a haircut during this quarantine, don't you? I actually really do need a haircut. And whoever uses Ace's Edge will have the sharpest clippers and shears. So that's where I'm going to go. Now, aren't they also doing like knives for like sushi and oh, all culinary stuff yes. too? So he has started a new division for knives so all you restaurant peeps i know how expensive the knives that you guys buy for your personal use are in your restaurants top-notch quality aces edge yeah once again it's acer edge and that's a-c-e-r-e-d-g-e and like i said if you don't look like a fuck like Raul, you'll um go to the person that uses acer edge the best